0: listening to Citizen's History, a podcast asking how history might help us to identify and address the most urgent challenges facing the United States and the world. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 4. I'm Podrick Rowan, a historian at Quincy University. And today's episode, recorded on the 26th of July, 2023, in Quincy, is a roundtable conversation between me, my co-host, J. Matt Ward, also a historian at QU, and special guest Anthony Bishop, world traveler and now a realtor in California. Our themes today include capitalism, homelessness, and American politics. JMAT begins the discussion with a distinction between uh, liberals and leftists, and we really take it from there. As always, we invite you to become a part of the conversation and welcome your comments, criticism, and suggestions for future episodes. We're glad you're here. We're fortunate to be joined by Anthony Bishop. He's in... To the Midwest from California, and so we're going to take it from a question that Anthony had of Jmat last
1: Yeah, night. yeah, and you know, I could have you. It was, it was, it was, you know, like I said, I, I was impressed how succinctly you were able to sum up your ideals, and maybe for the podcast listener, it'd be a good, a good idea if you kind of rattled those off again sure. if you're comfortable with that on sure. this platform.
2: Yeah, but you had kind of asked me. Uh, I think where I stood politically, Mm -hmm. and and I was trying to create this distinction between being a left-wing person and being a liberal person, which I think is a great question because I I would say probably a good 90% of the general American public doesn't make a a distinction between liberals and leftists. Correct. You turn on the news, Fox or CNN or whatever, you've got the liberals with a capital L, Mm -hmm. your Hillary Clintons, your... I don't know, AOCs, and then you've got the Republicans or the right wing, the conservatives. And that's a really simplistic binary that doesn't speak to the realities of political identity across the ages. Sure, But I don't don't think it reflects the reality of America either. That said, before I get into that distinction, I will say, and I think a lot of people from around the globe would agree with me on this, that American political life is very truncated, and it's not as diverse as you would find in other countries. Like, how many political parties does England have? Like a million?
1: We should have more than two. Yeah, and, and we do, but they're not really prominent. They're, I mean, they can't really do it. They don't have any power. Yeah,
2: there's the Constitution Party. Yeah. There's the Green Party. Yeah, we, we, we do have other political parties. Sure. So I'm not trying to. It's say like that. Uh,
1: forty-eight and forty-eight, and that other and that other four percent is everything else. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Germany might be a better example. In In the UK, there are two significant you know, parties, not unlike here. But there is a significant third party in, in Germany? The, the Lib Dems. Oh, okay. We're talking about the UK. Oh, okay. But Germany would have much more of a diversity. I of, see. Gotcha. Yeah,
2: that's a better example. So I think that's partly to blame for why Americans don't... I don't think the average American would understand... If I say, oh, I'm not a liberal, I'm a leftist, and they would be like, Which, what, what are you talking about? Okay. It's the same thing. And um, listeners must forgive my dog, Boris, who's at the window chastising someone for walking by, I'm sure. Um, I, I see that confused look on my students' faces, both in undergrad and the, the dual enrollment high school class that I teach, when I say everyone in this room is a liberal. We are all heir to the Enlightenment. We believe in wow. you know, applying our brain and, and, and making a better life for ourselves, which leads us to this idea of independence, of you know, personal action in life can change things. And I think that's one of the I love big it. mythologies of liberalism. And we believe in a certain amount of civil rights and a certain amount of economic opportunities. This is just the big umbrella of what liberalism is. And everybody in America, I think, would agree with those things Mm -hmm. and
1: either side uh, of the political aisle yeah Mm -hmm. but
2: once you start divvying up certain issues like immigration or abortion or taxes that's when things get a a bit more more niche so i would say that liberals writ large basically agree with the capitalist system needs to be regulated somewhat uh you know you could be like Senator Manchin, on the one hand, who is basically a Republican, um, uh, is he from West Virginia? Yes. Or uh, Arizona? I can't remember. Manchin is from West Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Um, who might believe in very few regulations? And then you got someone from the very far left of the Democratic Party, like Bernie Sanders, who would probably argue for a lot of regulation. Um, they would agree with what I would call the military-industrial complex—that America has some sort of divine or moral mission that it needs to accomplish in the world by using its military for good, by stopping terrorism, by helping out other nations. Uh, I think that's a big uh, liberal idea. That, has that? We're... I
1: mean, that that has ebbed and flowed over time, though, hasn't it?
2: Certainly, but it's never
1: disappeared. And we can
2: have a conversation about that mm-hmm. if you want. It's all, no, I'm it's sorry, all Woodrow Wilson's fault. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, Yes.
0: You and I would probably find a lot of agreement on Woodrow Wilson.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think everybody agrees that Wilson. Was well, I mean, he was a he was a. He was a he
0: was I don't a, think so. I, I, th- I think he's he's probably our most certainly the, for the twentieth. No racist, right? Sure, but I, 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 I. I, I, was, I mean,
1: I don't. I don't throw that around flippantly but i mean right right that's but pretty that's pretty well known that he's a racist dude
0: well i mean i guess it's it's going to depend on what you mean by racist right certainly today it's very well known that you know um what what was that notorious film birth of a nation right yeah yeah premiered in the white house he loved it um you know, and it was and it was one of those films that broke cinematic ground, right? Yeah. Moving pictures Propaganda and, and, and so forth. Oh, yeah. Well, but of course. But like the, the, the main point being that a lot of people on the left look back at Woodrow Wilson and they immediately think of that because we've got a lot of press around that recently. But, conser- but I think it's fair to say that most Americans for most of the 20th century sure. had a high opinion of Woodrow Wilson. I think that's fair to say if they had an opinion at all. Um, if they have I, would, a I would say he's one of our most overrated presidents. Yeah. A lot of people would, you know, because he, he does stand squarely in that, uh, dare I say, liberal tradition of, you know, formulating the precursor of the United Nations. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, his, 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 the dark side, the unintended consequences of his idealism has come under more and more scrutiny recently. But still I think in the in the in, in the subconscious and, and in the just the, the default of our society he's, he's still very highly regarded
2: well Wilson's actually a great example for what I'm getting at okay Wilson's a Democratic president he comes in uh, early uh, 20th century he is the third of three progressive presidents you've got Theodore Roosevelt and you had uh, Taft um, and then you had Woodrow Wilson Wilson creates um, the Federal Reserve, so more regulation huh. of the economy. Uh, Wilson passed the uh, Adamson Act, I believe I'm saying that correctly, which um, limited uh, certain labor irregularities. It, it, he helped uh, accomplish what the labor various labor movements have been pushing for for a long time, like a 10-hour day or, or an 8-hour workday, depending on, on the movement. Limited child labor. Um, there, there's a long list of things he did, but as a progressive president, there's applying government power to society. I would say liberals very much believe in this idea, that if you can take the collective knowledge and capacity of humans, put them together into the organized institution of government, and then apply that knowledge to society and make everything better. The problem is, as we were just discussing with his perception of the film Birth of a Nation, progressives, liberals writ large, you could even say white people— tend to come to the political forum with a lot of baggage, mm. a lot of racial and, and gendered baggage. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, the first place I'll, I'll make a distinction between the liberals and the left. So for all of his effort he was making to try to benefit society, I think few presidents have put more boots on the ground in foreign nations than Wilson did. Mm. Um, he authorized uh, this uh, raid into... Mexico, led by uh, John Pershing, uh, to chase after Pancho Villa. That didn't get very far. Um, there were some American soldiers that actually helped occupy Bolshevist uh, Russia right wow. after World War One. And wow. uh, we got involved in other Latin American nations and stuff. So this is the other side of the coin of liberalism, of like, if you're not going to do the nice, progressive, enlightened thing that we know all about and you don't, we'll force you to with mm-hmm. our... You, with our economic embargo or with our, our military so the
1: left would say what now we made it this now we're making a distinction here between liberal and left so that's the liberal side what yeah. would what would the left say to all of that or how you're going to describe it to us
0: well for, could could we first uh, just contextualize a little bit so w- a, a really good example of, of what Jmat is talking about is, uh, and this is a quote from, from Woodrow Wilson, right? As, you know, he's sending troops into not just Mexico, but other Central American mm. countries. He says, and I quote, I am going to teach the Central American republics to elect good men. Mm. You know, it, it, was, it, was a very, it was a very paternal uh, view wow. of, uh, of wow. what's going on. He also, Sheesh. before he attained the presidency, he would have considered himself a strict pacifist. He is on record as saying that no war other than the U.S. Civil War had ever done any lasting good, and that, and, and, and none really could. Um, and it was only when he, he became president that all of a sudden he, he discovered, wait a minute, no, now I can enforce this. I have a lot of thoughts about, yeah. about, about liberalism. We'll, we'll, we'll get to those in a second. But I'm going to enforce it. power infected him, right? Yeah, and, and he wouldn't be wrong. Yeah, yeah, and yeah that, I would that, actually that, agree, that agree with that
2: too. too. Yeah. I I thought of an, uh, an excellent example while you were talking. Uh, let's talk about the response to 9-11. Conservatives tended to say, kick in all the doors, invade any nation, do, do whatever it takes to fight the war to, on terror. To,
1: uh, to avenge.
2: Yeah, whereas liberals would, would say, no, 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 we're only going after Osama bin Laden. We're only going to invade Iraq. I mean, excuse me, Afghanistan and Iraq has started under false pretenses. I was watching an episode of 30 Rock from 2007, and Tina Fey says this line, right? And she's like one of the quintessential like white liberal feminists, and, and, and this, is a, this kind of idea is very prominent in Obama-era TV and Parks and Recreation, this idea that, that there is a moral right and applicable way to send in federal power and uh, it has to be designed in certain ways and applied in certain ways Uh, and you can't be indiscriminate like the conservatives but you can still use military power and america's capitalist economic might to accomplish things that are good a leftist would generally say none of those things are possible and that the conservatives and the liberals are kind of doing the same thing Uh, The liberals maybe use a little bit more window dressing they give more lip service to things like race gender and class but at the end of the day, I mean, the Democrats did nothing to enshrine Roe v. Wade. They did
1: right. They, they I, I love nothing that you, to preserve it. Yeah,
2: they they they've it, done very little to um, and and stop the slow and, descent of labor unions. And and, and
1: you're leaders. saying a leftist would do something to enshrine Roe v. Wade?
2: They would push a lot harder. Yeah. I, I, so, so.
1: But okay. So so if I could. Um, so when I think leftist, mm. I think I think anarchist.
2: Okay, I mean that, that's one example. That, that, that's another problematic way of trying to distinguish between a leftist and and, and a liberal because you've got anarchism, communism, socialism. Yeah, and, and I would put all three theory. of those.
1: That, that's a leftist. Now here's the thing, right? That's me, right? So are, are are we are we trying to educate the listener, or are we or or? Because that's the angle I was coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to educate the listener. But for me, personally, yeah. I'm interested in, like, your personal beliefs. Yeah. No,
2: I, I'm coming to that. But you're right to keep me on track with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think the, the first of the things I rattled off last night is that I'm pretty uh, anti-military.
1: It doesn't mean is that I, is that number one on your list?
2: I, f- I would have to sit down and think about the okay. actual, yeah. like... Sure. graded list but, of things that... It, okay, that anti-military
1: in what but. way? Like disband it entirely?
2: I don't think disband it entirely, uh, but I do think that... I don't know, how many bases do we have around the world? Uh, over 200? Yeah, I was going to say hundreds. I, I, how much of the federal budget do we expand on the military? It's like, more than half. It's more it, than it. half. And yeah, correct. I, I just... Th- that is... It's weighing down our economy. It's weighing down um, and limiting the freedom of people around the world, I would argue, to have to... Have all these occupied areas that the U.S. is in, and that, and that if you're going to be a liberal and believe in people's autonomy, and that's like the central heartbeat of liberalism, it, it's completely antithetical to have you know the world's grandest, most expensive military just sort of uh, you know okay. stomping out revolutions in Latin America and and trying to overthrow um, uh, government in Iran as we did in the, in the, in the
1: all that is all story. that is bad. I, I'm, I'm yeah, with yeah. you. I'm with you. All that. Is reprehensible. I get it. Yeah. But we enjoy certain comforts. I was going to say the word freedoms, but I'm going to – that's, that's a trigger word. We yeah. enjoy certain comforts.
2: Yes. We extract material comfort out of other people's markets, and we transport them to our own, and we well, militarily protect those with yes. a huge military.
1: Well, okay. So we outspend the other countries in the world by multiple factors, right, in, in regards to military. Yes. Yeah, so, multiple factors. That now, don't get me wrong, there are government spending there are there are exorbitant things. But yeah, we have I think twelve or thirteen nuclear aircraft carriers. Mm-hmm. China doesn't have any.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? And they, their they economies does.
0: they've got at least a few coming online. Maybe. They, they, okay, they,
1: maybe, but right now in 2023, we've got thirteen of them. Mm-hmm. Which is like pretty much a city. Each can hold forty five hundred people. Each can hold, you know, a full fighter wing, which is like thirty or forty jets. A aircraft carrier never travels alone. They've already, they've always got a couple of frigates with them, a destroyer, a cruiser, a submarine. It's a it's like a it's it's like a it's like a unit, right? And you can deploy this like a chess piece all over the world. That to me, like okay, this is this is the analogy I like to use. Think about dudes, right? Think about guys in a bar. Um, If there's an MMA fighter that walks into the bar, Mm -hmm. no matter how good you are at fighting, no matter how many fistfights you've been in, if an MMA fighter walks into the bar, no one's going to test that guy. Now, you might try to jump him, but no one's going to one-on-one test that guy. You've got to be far and away the toughest. You can't be barely the toughest. Mm. This is what happened to Europe, right? That's why Europe was always fighting because maybe one country was a little bit more powerful than the other. It, it was they were they were almost peers. How much more powerful was England than France and France than Germany? They were they were on the same playing field. There was no big brother that came in and slapped everybody and said, "Knock it off," right? So the reason why the world has been, and I say it, and here's the thing, don't get me wrong. I know that genocides in Africa and there's, 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 there's been death and destruction in the last 70 years, but compared to the previous 500 years, the last 70 years have been a very relatively peaceful time in human history. And that's because there's been a big brother that's been there to say, knock it off. We're not doing this right now. And that's been us. Now, I don't know. I don't know how long we should continue that. I don't know all the morals around that. But what I'm saying is, we enjoy certain physical comforts because of that. I mean, I've.
0: How would Vietnam, uh, Iraqi invasions, uh, how would all of the, how would all of these things fit into that worldview?
1: Okay. Um, so the best and you're a, you're a US history mm. specialist. So the the best analogy that I've heard to the Vietnam War is that it was a half-hearted war. Just like the American Revolution was for the British. It was a half-hearted war. Um, Britain the from what I understand the citizens weren't all in as they could have been. They had interest and other things going on everywhere at the time. I mean,
2: so did American citizenry. I mean, I, I would argue that only about a third of them actively contributed to the
1: sure, revolution. Sure, sure. But and and to answer about Vietnam, it was it was it was half-hearted. Not everybody was on board. Um, could the U.S. have done more? What was the objective? You know what I mean? Like, what were they really trying to do?
2: Ostensibly, limit communism. I mean, this is sure the, 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 the logic behind the domino theory. If we could back up just a little bit, I think your argument about being the toughest guy in the room presupposes that there's, like, a, an inherent or an immutable morality to violence, or at least the potential of it. And I don't know that I accept those premises. Right?
1: I don't – but I don't I don't think I would argue that point Um because I'm not saying that there's, like, something morally positive about that. I'm just stating that that's what it's been.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of – uh, kind of a Kissinger view of the world, and I'm not saying that's, that's necessarily a bad thing, but things like maybe Korea or the first uh, Iraqi invasion uh, would fit better into that worldview than, you know, yeah. the, the Vietnam disaster or the Afghanistan disaster or the second Iraqi invasion in the wake of 9-11. Uh, like, in in so many ways, I, and I feel like, uh, to go back to what you were saying earlier, J-Matt, the... Um, I think it's fair to say that in the wake of 9-11, it was a very broad-based consensus Mm. that we needed to go invade Iraq and Afghanistan. Never mind that not one of the attackers was iraqi or afghan like these guys were egyptians these guys were you know they were saudis right egyptians and saudis yeah Yeah. i think they were mostly saudis yeah yeah but we wouldn't we we wouldn't do that like so exactly and i think this is a flaw in
2: your argument okay because like if we're gonna attack the strongest guy in the room it would be a, a nation like saudi arabia that has all of this oil money and influences politics around the world based on that power that they hold but we're instead going to go, we, we don't attack the strongest person in the room. We attack the person that we can succeed in beating
1: up. Okay. And now I, now let me ask, and, and, and well, maybe there's and, truth and for that. I mean, but but
0: we, were, we were very dependent on at the time on Saudi sure. Arabia. This was one of our closest sure. allies. Absolutely. And, like, depending on your, your version of liberal, it absolutely spanned left and right. It absolutely spanned, yes. you know, uh, progressive and conservative. Something ridiculous like, I don't know. One poll that I remember that stood out to me so clearly, at the time, right, we're talking about 2003. 2007, you can find a lot of people who claimed they were sure, against the invasion sure. in 2000, but uh, but uh, that's a little bit shaky, right? Yeah. Something like ridiculous like 89% of Republicans supported the invasion of Iraq. And something ridiculous like 69% of Democrats supported it. It was a huge bipartisan initiative. Um, and I don't know. I was I was uh, young and, and let's say much more to the left than I am now. But I I, I was very much against it, and I, I remember arguing with friends about uh, uh, about not even the morality of it, just the that, like we we must do this military thing better. We uh, must exercise our military might in a more intelligent. Sure. We must be aware of the unintended consequences. And if we can't see the unintended consequences right now, I mean, think about the number of people in 2007 or 2010 or well into the Obama years who were squawking about, oh, oh, the media manipulated us. It's like, if you cannot do your due diligence as a citizen, then if you want to blame the media for you supporting the war back in 2003, then I, I, I'm afraid that you've kind of missed the fundamental point.
1: So... I've got a question. Would the world would, – would, would the U.S. be better off if what we, would cons- what we would perceive to be our enemies, China or whoever?
2: Emphasis on perceive.
1: Yeah, yeah. perceive. Right. Exactly. The, the word was used intentionally. Um, would we be better off as citizens if we reduced our military – and I'll use the word might. I, I try to use words carefully. If we re- if, if 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 we reduced our military might to be not as dominant over theirs, would we be better off? Because I mean, it depends on how you define better off. Well, because 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 here's the thing: you bring up the actual conflicts, mm-hmm. you bring up the actual conflicts, but what about all the conflicts that didn't happen because there was such an outmatched force? What conflicts are can you, can
0: you give me an example? I
1: mean, I honestly don't have any, but...
0: Like but what, what about... Like, the Cold War was full of all of these shadow wars behind the scenes, Yeah, I think, yeah, but, but... But, I mean,
1: think, like, think of the like, horrors
0: of Central America. Think, yeah, think of but, the... But, the, but... You don't have to be, uh, you know, pro-Moscow during the 80s. You don't have to be kind of... Uh, like, to, no, to I, kind of question the, 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 the logic of the domino theory. Okay,
1: so I'm, I'm trying to explain where... We're, we're, where I'm going, and to answer your question, um, it's a fight that would never even bubble to the surface of aggressive words. I, I,
0: I see what you're saying, Anthony. I, I and let, let's just, just to support what you're saying for, for a second, because I think it's an important point. Uh, I was in northern Iraq in 2008, so. What we invaded, to, uh, we invaded in 2003, and so very quickly defeated Saddam, and then very quickly, basically, you broke it, you bought it, right? Um, we, we had spent far more attention on, okay, how are we going to defeat Saddam than how are we going to actually govern this country? How are we going to actually sure. implement the things that we say? Yeah, we it
1: shifted from a military conflict to something else.
0: So well, I mean, yeah, guerrilla war. Sure. we could we could an say, occupation. which is still a very exactly. military, yes. like yes. occupation. Yes, yes, uh, an occupation. Uh, sure, uh,
1: it, it wasn't army versus army at that point. It was it was different.
0: Yeah, I I I, I think the, the, the guerrilla war frame is, is a very yeah. important mm-hmm. one. But the point is, this thing. So it, this was clear for a long time in two thousand eight when I was uh, when, when I was in northern Iraq. What I was surprised by. So that, it's clear that we had, we had just made a complete and utter hash of the occupation. We had just blundered like, you know, um, like quite dim schoolboys, let's say. We, we had just made all of these just utter, utterly silly errors. But what surprised me was that in some sort of weird way, we had actually accomplished what we had set out to do in Kurdish northern Iraq. The Kurds loved George Bush Jr. That was the thing that surprised well, me because they were being both. oppressed by Saddam and they had exactly. And so Saddam getting knocked out and now there being at least a semblance of democracy in and, you know, autonomous rule in Kurdish north Iraq was something that everybody was really really excited about and everybody loved George Bush Jr. about. That was what surprised me most. So that's a specific. On a more, gener- yeah, on a more exactly. general That's level, people from around the world have told me, like people from the Stans, for, for example, people from Kazakhstan, or people from, you know, people have told me frankly, like, look, you really, like, we get it. Like, America's not perfect. But we live in China's backyard. And we know that a world dominated by America is very preferable to a world exactly. dominated by China. Like,
1: how would the Taiwanese so, feel if we decided, ah, oh, we're going to cut our military spending by sixty-five percent? They wouldn't like that. Like, it's it's. How would Japan feel about that? They don't really have a military; they depend on us. Mm. So it's just like. But why do why do we believe that? What is what is China going to
2: do that's so bad? I'm, I'm, I guess I'm failing to understand this.
1: The, here's the okay. thing. Okay. Uh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: I was, oh, well, the, the, what are they going to do? That's so bad. That's worse than anything. Well, in Taiwan, I,
1: yeah. Taiwan, I can tell you what they would do. I mean, they would. Which, well, they would the, like they would be like, no, this is ours now. You guys. Xi Jinping you guys, would would, would, would say, love to incorporate oh, Taiwan. Oh, oh yeah,
0: this is, this is this is one of the goals of his administration. I mean, indeed, they don't lifetime. even recognize
1: them as a separate state. Well, and and
0: technically neither do we. Like, our well, and we don't for political
1: reasons because we don't we'll, want. To, we don't Of business. course,
0: it's political. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. But
1: but there is there is there is something implicit. There's something implicit around specifically. I think Taiwan is a really good example. There's something implicit about the dance we're doing around Taiwan, for for both sides. I think.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a hugely complicated thing. It's it's uh, it goes it goes straight to the heart of your point. But it also kind of supports Jay Matt's point.
1: What. That was a good question you just asked. I don't care what would China do that we're not doing.
2: Yeah, I I Hmm. I, I do think America tends, and this is true of all nationalist entities, tend to see boogeymen everywhere because that's kind of like built into nationalism. Right, we are us because they are them, and like the them's are always after us. And we can
1: condemn them for their human rights violations, but we've got those issues too. Yeah,
2: and we and we can sweep ours under the rug. I think this is something that America is not guilty of alone. This happens. That's a that was
1: a good question because it did right when you asked it and you said it casually it made me think and I had never I had never um, that had never been posed to me before Um, and that goes back to us feeling like we're the righteous ones exactly I think there is a way
0: in which one can keep your original point which is subject to so many caveats right which is subject to so many okay yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe in some ways, you you might argue I, that probably marks me as a conservative. That America can be a force for good in the world. Um, good for who? It's a very good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, I, I and I and I'd I'd be happy to substantiate that. But it also opens us up to 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 the criticisms that you're talking about. But to to answer your question about comparing the U.S. to China and about comparing potential. Chinese imperialism uh, to the U.S. variety. I think that the difference in our systems of government is an important part of the puzzle. You know, we 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 spend a lot of time today distinguishing between a state or a nation at home and an empire abroad, and you know historically that, that's that's a division that makes more sense maybe for the british empire or
1: so for, you don't think 500 like, years from now will be looked at as the age of the american empire oh, oh no i a good to not is different uh, you know mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean, oh, some people would say america is not an empire or america doesn't have an empire I, I i don't i don't really subscribe to that but but for for me it's the point lies deeper it's it's not about oh yeah what's your definition of empire it's it's Because our system of government, which is imperfect, at times phenomenally imperfect, uh, nevertheless allows for much more of a feedback loop, allows us to at least potentially course correct than the system of government currently prevailing in China, or which currently prevailed in, in Soviet Russia. Or or any number of other you know totalitarian states. It's um, think about the um, the U.S. adventures in the Philippines, right? At the yeah. at the at the end of the nineteenth or early twentieth century, uh, um, T.R. has that uh, T- Teddy Roosevelt had that had that famous comment when reporters and this is you know because of the telegraph, because of faster communications. All of a sudden, news of atrocities committed by our soldiers in a distant land, Philip the Philippines, were trickling back to people at home at, at, at a very quick pace. And the government couldn't have prevented that if it had wanted to. And believe me, our government was committing all sorts of violations of civil, li- civil liberties in the early 20th century. Um, much much more than we can imagine uh, our, govern- uh, our government our uh, government committing are, today, uh-huh. and so well, I don't when know if, uh,
2: Guantanamo Abu Ghraib uh, these
0: these think. are big these are big I would I would argue that what what was going on especially during World War I and, and the few years after were bigger than Abu Ghraib
1: really
0: I, I, yeah I, 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 I would take that challenge I but the the the, the 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 Teddy Roosevelt comment that I think really sums it all up was. Um, so reporters and there's there's all sorts of public pressure now. Like what like, atrocities are being committed by our soldiers in distant lands, Mr. President? Do something about it. And rightly or wrongly, Teddy Roosevelt says, "Well, how about before we worry about that, let's worry about the lynchings committed against black people here at home." Yeah. And he wasn't completely wrong. It was a flippant thing. Perhaps it was you know uh, I mean, a I thing to distract from. Right.
1: But yeah, it, I mean, it's, I mean, these it's, guys are at war. Like. Well, I don't know what that's like. And I'm not excusing their behavior, but like there's stuff th- there's 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 stuff that goes on in those he environments. Had a solid point.
0: And believe me, the reaction from polite society oh, yeah. was crazy. Well, the because New York what that Times was pause, condemned his comments was, up and down. That was making people
1: you know? look themselves in the mirror. And just yeah. most humans aren't good at that.
0: This is this is true, and maybe this is this is part of the part of the fundamental point.
1: Okay, so I don't know if you want to make this a two-hour podcast or not, but (laughs) (laughs) but but if you could continue down your –
2: Well, I want to clarify something I I said at the very beginning of of this section when when I hesitantly trotted out the phrase anti-military. I only use that because I'm I'm not quite sure what phrase to use. I'm certainly not opposed to – soldiers, I know a lot of soldiers. I, I think they're they're good, decent, everyday, honorable people. They get caught up in a system that is often used and, and misapplied in a very oppressive or egregious way. I think
1: sword. that's important to explicitly say. Yeah, because if well, this is oh, go ahead. I, mean,
2: I, I know troops who served in Iraq who said, I didn't want to be there, I didn't agree with the war, but they they had to go Mm -hmm. because they signed up for any number of reasons, initial patriotism or they needed money for school or something like that. So there is an element of manipulation involved even with the soldiers who serve in the military. So Mm -hmm. I guess a better way of saying it is I'm opposed to the misapplication of overwhelming violent force generally for the sake of profit, disguised as patriotism. So in the background, these big companies like Lockheed Martin, Halliburton are you know making mountains of money off. They the lobby emissions. a little bit. Yeah, that they that they sell. Maybe not
1: even a little the, bit. They 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 lobby. Hey, you know, you guys are buying all this stuff. Might want to use it. You can buy some more. You know, is that kind of what you're saying?
2: Certainly. I mean, let's not forget that the United States. I mean, we made a movie about it. Uh, uh, Charlie Wilson's War. Mm-hmm. I mean, the United States funded the Taliban, and. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, I don't think al-Qaeda existed at that point yet, but to fight the Russians in in the 80s. And then um, Osama bin Laden turns around and and uses a lot of that funding or or militarization in his crusade against America. And I saw this cheeky meme on Twitter the other day that had a picture of uh, Zelensky next to Osama bin
1: Laden. It's like, we've been down this road
2: before Uh, where we uh, fund another person over— See, that's a historian
1: uh, using history the right way. And well, I, the comparison
0: I, I, between Ukraine and geez, Afghanistan is extremely it's important. It's so good. Wow. I, yeah. Um, yeah. We, we talked about this with, with my friend Sabah on another podcast. Mm. So that, that, that'll be a, a, good, a good reference point. I I think that this brings up uh, a larger issue of capitalism, Hmm. and we we can definitely stay on this thread. Or you had you had a few other things that characterized your position, right? That you were yeah. I I was going to turn to the police
2: next because it's very closely related to the military. In fact, I don't know any good leftists that would create a distinction between the police system in America and the military system. They're I mean, government they're agents, so, huh? They're so overlapping, and especially with the, the heavy militarization of the police in the 80s. I mean, you get the SWAT teams and everything because the Reagan administration just pours money into the police force in America to fight the war on drugs, which is like many wars, just manufactured for mm-hmm. various reasons. Um, I would generally agree with the assessment, and I think most leftists would as well, again, in keeping with this idea that using political force in an oppressive way in order to keep a certain subordinate portion of the population under control or to uh, keep certain lines of profit domestic or international open is immoral. It, I, so I would agree with the line defund the police to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I Maybe reduce funding for the police? I think that we can redirect funding okay. which I think is what that phrase actually means.
0: Sure,
1: uh, I actually
0: I actually I, agree with. Yeah, I, I I I've argued with so so many. Folks it on also the depends left on who this.
1: you talk to, but go ahead. Well, it does, but, but some people are de
0: does not mean reduce. I I, I, I I hear what you're saying, and I, told, I I, but as a slogan, when we're when we're, dare mm-hmm. I say, marketing, when, when mm-hmm. we're putting out a signal to our position, it's like. It knowing that the other side is going to latch on to that word "defund" and say, "Look at these morons! Look at what they're doing!" Whether they're whether right or wrong, right? Like, it seems like the conversation can't just be happening among people who agree with the slogan "defund the police." It has to also be happening in the community, much more broadly speaking. And yeah, I, I would I would say yeah, I'm just registering disagreement. I think it was a an own goal. I, th- I think mm. it was probably an own goal to to hammer on on that slogan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, your point is very well taken about like how would we reform the police? How would we make it more responsive? Because we know that there are at least some deeply inveterate white supremacists, you know, populating all sorts of police departments up and down the country. Yeah. But I think it's also fair to say that. Um, that the, that the majority are not that. Um, so how, do, how, do, how would we reform it? How would we, I don't know, I would say something that would feel very, very drastic to the police themselves, to the police unions themselves and, and, and to others would be, you know what, going after pensions. Like if if yeah. if you're involved in in if if you get found in an official inquiry of unlawful uses of force, if if you get found to have to have gone off the handle, violated your training, violated your oath, uh, you're really in danger of losing your pension. I think that would that would really start to people's ears would start to perk up a lot more than just uh, uh, we're going to have to endure another round of protests. Yeah. Like really using using those. Using those tools is probably a, a, a better way to go about it than than cranking on about the defund because we know that those departments that did actually defund, including Minneapolis, uh, or at least vastly reduced fund re- reduced funding, um, they're now in a pickle. they need to hire uh, no one can hire you you both are. A decade or so younger than younger than I am. When I was a kid, there was a short. It was a short period, mind you. And my grandmother helped to talk to talk me out of it. But there was a period where I, I really wanted to be a cop. I did not and know my, that a lot. But but I mean, it, 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 it. So much of the culture, so much of the media, movies, I, these things kind of got lionized in a way that media, film, TV doesn't do in at least to the same respect as they did in the eighties. You know, being a cop still has the potential to be to, to be an honorable profession. Um, and I think, yeah, so I, I'll, I'll leave those comments there. I,
2: I'm glad that you brought up the, the, the cultural aspect of, of police in America. We have so many television shows and movies that oh, lionize yeah. the military, that lionize the police. And I don't know. I just, I usually hate those kind of movies and, and shows <laughs> because it, it, it just, not all of them, but so many of them depict the military and police as like the, these perfect figures who are in a world full of, you know, just absolutely morally depraved criminals who are motivated by what? Just like, they're all the Joker from Batman. They just <laughs> want to see the world <laughs> burn. It's like, I, I, I don't think a lot of those shows, and, and by connection, America's cultural consciousness of how crime works and how power works from the, from the, from the direction of the police. Like, th- there are so many factors that go into play about why, quote-unquote, crime is happening and what is the best way to respond to it? I think it was Chuck Colson. Interesting. Uh, who, who published a, a book called Born Again in the, uh, the, the the 70s. I'm not sure if this line is from that book or not, but at some point he said everyone is about seven or eight missed meals away from becoming a criminal.
1: 100%. It's like none,
2: none of us know what we would do if we were placed in a desperate situation. Yeah, and
1: maybe that doesn't mean you're busting into people's homes, but maybe you might you know, pocket something from the grocery store.
2: Yeah. So I think beginning there and understanding crime as a social problem, and looking to address those issues more than just oh we'll give the police more guns, we'll give them a stronger SWAT car, we'll give them you know better bulletproof mm. vests. So like all you're doing is escalating okay. the problem.
1: So this is so last night when you when you rattled off what you believe in, it was about five things you mm-hmm. said. You know, the military defund the police. Something about capitalism. Private, private property is stealing. You said all these things, right? I said to you, "You're kidding, right?" I said, <laughs> I, "I said that. I said you're joking." And then your wife and, and Joe and Pod. No, he's not joking. And I said, "No, bro, you've got to be joking." So you weren't joking, but there was way more to it than Certainly. what you just rattled off. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: it's hard to... I mean, it takes a long time to explain these things, right? And that's why I think America does a really bad job of... I mean, we suck at education, generally speaking, but America has a particularly divisive political uh, arena because people don't do a good job of listening to the the complexities of other people's political positions. And so, yeah, it's easy for me to say, defund the police, but when you get into that, what I mean is that if someone is having a mental breakdown... Cop shows up, and his training is to mm-hmm. center mass shoot. Like, <laughs> why, yeah, why, yeah. why, why is there not a social worker there? Why is there not a psychologist there? Why is there not, like, okay, why now we take some of this money I'm going to ask you kind of why a, why it's it,
1: true. A, a serious question. A friend
0: of mine died in, in exactly such an incident in okay. Oklahoma, California. Um, yeah, that,
1: and that's unfortunate. You're,
0: you're not wrong. But, you're not wrong.
1: But, gosh, is that a idealistic view? I, I don't think so.
0: I I what, think to ask for greater complexity? What what's the No, like like things.
1: someone's having a mental breakdown and we want a social worker to show up. Well but something if, if something if,
0: if something is not if something is not immediately violent, if someone is saying a crazy person is out here, uh they call nine one one, right? There's a crazy person out here. He's he's running around yeah, naked in and the, the cop
1: shows up, that's that's uh, I, I that's... But what
0: what what J mat is saying is it would be appropriate, like, ideally, we could send other trained folks who are not carrying guns to non violent situations that nevertheless imme- require immediate response. Or that, like, maybe we can de it. Sounds like, like a we perfect do... world, guys. I, 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 I don't know, man. Let, let me, t- can I tell you the story of. So, yeah, I don't think this is just too idealistic. I think this is something really, really practical. And really,
1: really practical. You use two reallys.
0: I, I did. Yeah, really, really practical. I'm, practical. I'm, 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 I'm okay. going to back uh, that up. Let yeah. me
2: just be a terrible person to interrupt and say, why is it when people say America's the greatest country in the world, Nothing. there's nothing we can't do? We can go to the moon if we want to. We can build. I don't you know, say that. Are, you know, all these idealistic things that we say, but when you want to say can we take some of the money from the military and the police and use it to build a hospital mm-hmm. they're like oh not the, you know, in, a, in a perfect world we could do that and it's like if we're the greatest nation in the world all of this material abundance and if we are the greatest democratic promise of all history why can't we build a nation that works for everybody yeah. I don't understand why we can we can fund this huge military but we can't it, it like would how many take, counties in Texas don't even have a hospital? It would like take. Idealistic.
1: It would take such a cultural shift.
2: That, that's exactly what you're talking about. The world that you think is idealistic only seems that way because the one you're living in has been built to seem normal to you.
1: What do we do with that though? Like on a large, what do we do with that right now? Like this will take 50 years, like to implement to to become normal. But, to, I mean, to become a is, part of the response, I, but, but but you're why saying we've got to start somewhere,
0: right? Exactly. Like, why would we? Why would that put us off? If knowing that this is the work of an entire generation, and we won't see real f- fruits of this work until after we're all gone, that should not be any kind of any, any kind of uh, oh well. Then let's not do it because. Like, no, I mean, if if we call ourselves forward-thinking people, if we call ourselves committed to the future of our kids, uh, then absolutely, it's it's it it it's possible. Now, I, I think I'm going to agree with you on quite a lot of. Oh, I don't think that we're we need to be implementing rainbows here, but in certain really really uh, really really narrow things, I think there's there's in, there's a lot of room for improvement. Like we, we can we can just do that I'm, and I, that's I, true if we want to dive into health healthcare. I mean, I that's true if we want to no dive into the police for, like it's certainly true if we want to dive into education um, and yeah we, but let's let, let me just really quickly tell this story of a friend of mine so he and I were were um, were on the football team at Cal in the early 90s and he actually was good he actually he actually played He went to Berkeley High. He was so he he and I were local like I had gone to St Mary's he had gone to Berkeley uh, Berkeley High and he was a year younger than me and to take a long and complex story and boil it back down um I ran into him years later after um, uh, after we had both left you know left Cal and he he had shared with me that that he was gay and. Uh, I was, I was surprised. I was, oh, I like having been, both of us were athletes on a division one football team, you know, and I understood very well why he would have wanted to keep that under wraps. You know, the kind of rampant homophobia, the kind of, you know, just, you know, unreconstructed gorilla type masculinity would make people want to, want to, want to hide that sexuality. Right. Now, I also learned that uh, you know he had he had fallen on hard times, and 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 then that he had spent time in a psych ward, right? That he had he had, he had, had mental problems, and um, you, you know think I w- that I w- resulted
1: w- from being in the closet.
0: I think I think that was definitely a factor, definitely a major factor. Yeah, yeah, you know, growing up black in, um, uh, you know, even though super progressive Berkeley, you know, he grew up in West Berkeley. He grew up in 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 the hood, you know. This 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 was the kind of place where, you know, the hippies didn't hold much didn't hold much hold much sway, right? Um, and anyway, I unfortunately we lost touch. I wish we we had kept in touch. I wish we, you know, I, I moved abroad, and at some point, I don't remember exactly when this happened. It was probably in the mid two thousands that I that that I checked up on him, like I googled him and. Um, Lo and behold, he had been shot by Oakland cops, and this is maybe not a time when social workers would have uh, would have been the right thing to do. Apparently, what he had done, he was in the midst of, of some sort of manic episode, and he had gone into, um, you know, a breakfast spot, uh, in, uh, you know, in Oakland, a, a very full a very full spot on like a Saturday morning, and he had gone into the kitchen and grabbed some knives, and uh, he was he was. Holding knives, right? And he you, was being... I think you might
1: have told me this story. Okay. I, all that backstory, I didn't know, but starting from here, I think you've told me this story. Yeah,
0: part. I mean, this is the part that really jumps out at you, right? Like yeah. when some guy is waving around kitchen knives in a crowded restaurant and then into the street, you know, somebody called the cops, rightly so, and the cops showed up quickly, rightly so. Now, and you guys
1: were in the same position? No. In, in... He, he played corner. Okay, so he wasn't that big of a guy. He wasn't
0: I mean, a big well, 5'10", I mean, he, he he was he he was a sturdy guy he, okay. by any normal standards. Sure, the, this the, the, this he, he he was he was a tidy young man. Okay. He was, you know, um, you know he would have been the equivalent of your MMA fighter walking into the bar. Yeah. No no one would 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 mess with this right. guy. Um, but anyway, the cops show up and and and, and shoot him, and and and. and if this had happened in Berkeley, Berkeley cops had had a lot of training by this point to deal with this kind of stuff. Oakland cops had not. This was a big impetus for, for a bit of reform within the, within the Oakland PD. But the point is, in this case, okay, social workers, you don't call them for that. Like somebody is wielding knives, you need the cops. On, you, you need the cops on the scene, liquidy split. Ideally, they have better training than to just. And that's
1: what it. you're saying too. Mm. That's a part of what 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 the money would go to is not only bringing in other services, but. Training the actual police that have the firearms sure. better, right? Right. This, this argue, would be a huge.
2: Get rid of the police entirely. Create some sort of communal forces. And you would not argue in. that. I, so I, I really I, don't know where I stand on that. I do think that local people know better how to govern their communities than than. I mean, most cops are local. I'm not saying that, but, but then having some sort of military force just come in and. You act out of hand, you get shot. But.
0: Maybe here, most cops are local, but in 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 the Bay Area, Lawson most cops were in. not local. Like that, that and was. That, in. And that's yeah. where
2: you would find this idea yeah. in a much stronger yeah. way of like we need local forces. You know, where is this guy's friends? Who's waving the knife? Where is his family? here? There's got to be something you can do besides right. shoot this
0: guy, guy. Had been in and out of psych, psych wards. You know, it, it was it was a tragic situation. and We can talk all. You know, about
1: the reasons for that, there, there's all yeah. sorts of
0: things that we can talk about. Like, how can we prevent that from ever blossoming into that kind of a malignant thing? But the point is, yeah, the kind of training that, at the very least, you know, these. This is not a person wielding a gun. This is even if he charged you with knives, you would shoot him in the leg, and that would be, you know, that would be as extreme as you got. Um, but I think
1: that's easy to say from our perspective.
0: I. I mean true but what I'm saying is by the standards of the bay Area in the mid-2000s the OPD was significantly unreconstructed there were there were things like this happening where you know Berkeley cops San Francisco cops had had intensive training all along these lines so yeah I'm not trying to I'm not trying to like paint with a broad brush and say every cop in the OPD was a corrupt bastard uh, or you know you know a death-dealing maniac but I, I don't think it's it's too high a standard to aspire to, you know.
1: No, and, and I can't I can't. I mean, there I guess there's little things I could disagree with there, but overall I I can't disagree with that. Um, but what
0: if someone is not wielding knives? Like I think what J is trying to say is, you know, there are things that we call nine one one now for, and nine one one refers immediately to the police, that are emergencies that do need people on the scene immediately but nobody is...
1: But, but the reality is those things could escalate to where force is necessary.
0: It's possible, in which case then we call the cops. But then maybe it's like, too
1: late. What if the social worker gets beat to a pulp?
0: I mean, it, it's possible. Like, like, people on the front lines uh, are, are doing a tremendously dangerous job, right? Um, I just don't think that by default... Like Think well, about how prevalent mental illness is in our country. We are kind of. This is not. This is not mine. Um, well, I, 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 this is not my term, but uh, I don't want to take credit for it. But we are like a greenhouse for psychopaths on mm-hmm. on, on so many different levels, um, and and we we can do better. We don't need to just throw up our hands or wring our hands or or say there's nothing to be done or, you know, cops just need to. Like, let's go back to that community. That, that community policing. Yeah, I, right? I, I,
1: I want to. I... This you know, would
0: find a lot. This would find a lot
1: of support, surprisingly or not, on the right. You I know? don't mind, and this is your podcast. But I, I like the discussion on all of the bullet points. I think mm-hmm. that's great. But man, it's taking tangents, and I'm, I really want to get through this list. Oh well, yeah, right, let's that, let's fair. let's go. That's let's go through the, the whole they,
0: list they, if we want, go. and then we can. Uh,
2: I think another thing that I had said that that raised some eyebrows, and um, is the idea, and not all leftists would agree with this, but I think many of them would use the phrase private property as the specifically targeting corporations. Or as we talked about last night, um, you know, Bill Gates is the largest owner of farmland in the nation. That is just absurd. That, that, that so you're it, not just,
1: referring to the fact that some, so, someone who you know, comes from an impoverished family decides they want to become a homeowner, that's private property. Certainly
2: not. I, I, true. Um, and I, I do not know enough about various strands of socialism, anarchism, communism to talk about the, the links to which people will go to define private property like that. In my general understanding, and certainly my own personal perspective, when I say private property, I'm usually referring to like corporate property. God. I, I mean, I what, what is this This house? Like an acre? acre
1: not, even, no, no, not, not even. No, not, not even. I, I would say your your land here, I'd say, is about a quarter. Yeah. It's, it's so about – because an acre is like 45,000 square feet. So this is probably a 15,000 square foot lot.
2: My very modest portion of the earth has very little impact on anyone. But
1: to make a statement like private property rights is stealing, that means everyone who owns a house has stole something.
2: I mean – there are many leftists who would argue that, and, and but you uh,
1: don't stand do, on that hill.
2: I do partially. Um, I kind of agree with the idea that Native Americans do probably deserve a sizable chunk of American land as as their own. I'm talking about more than a reservation, more than they have now. I mean, because I mean, look at what we did to them for hundreds of years. Okay, I, 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 ah. to, to say that. That we don't reside on stolen land just seems. I mean, that that makes me so queasy to even.
1: Uh, no, and I, and I wouldn't argue that. I, I I wouldn't argue that. I mean, I I live in a place. I live in California, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, the U.S. just said, "We'll take that now." You know, from Mexico, you know, yeah, so absolutely. And they said, "Hey, you know, hey, thanks." Uh, yeah, that we'll bring that over here. So so yeah, I, I you know I I'm not denying that, but what is what do we do about that now? I mean, there's 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 millions of people that own property there. Like, what do we do about that right now?
2: Certainly, and I, I don't have a fast like five bullet point answer for you. I, I'll admit that a lot of these topics are things that I have a surface level understanding of or affiliation with. It'll take me years to. My, my political ideas have been moving on the move for years. It'll probably take me many. Dude, many that's years so self aware and honest. To, to a place where I, I can articulate it better. That's –
1: that, I, I love that. Okay.
2: I, I just think that when when corporations or people like Bill Gates have so much control over the economy, so much control over the marketplace and over land itself, it fundamentally – again, going back to this, this theme, it works against the idea of individual rights of, that's built into liberalism because those people have so much more power and control – over society than an average person. And most left-wing people of whatever variety, again, I'm speaking very broadly here, would argue for some sort of collective or communal ownership of property, at least producing property like farmland and things that's doing good for everyone and not held Mm. in private hands. Mm -hmm. There's no reason that we have like three or four times more empty houses in America than we do homeless people. It just, does, it just boggles the mind to mind You mean homes,
1: homes that are maybe in need of some repair That if, I, that if we put put a little there, money there into We can house there are homes that are
2: just like ready to go people, Ready to have people live in them That are just empty because the bank owns them Or you know somebody owns like Four or five homes just because they can and There's just something
1: Typically when someone owns multiple properties They're, they're rented out by tenants
2: Sometimes Not always there's just a great deal of, of empty property in this country and I think most left-wing people myself included would, there's something fundamentally wrong about it. I that.
1: would say that I would say the vacant property you're speaking of is more so because I, I, I mean yes um, where and, and this is a, this is a pers- uh, perspective issue in Cali- like from my view in California there is such high demand for property. You just you, you just don't drive down the street and see vacant houses. Well, certainly, yeah. yeah you know, are you probably wouldn't
2: in New York or Atlanta or right. in certain maybe. Right, but in areas, maybe
1: but... small town America. Like, I, I was walking around Quincy today, and yeah, you see a house that's just boarded up. And what would it take to get it, to get the plumbing right, to get windows in, to get the roof set up, maybe an AC unit? We're talking $40,000, and now you've got a place. But where does that money come from?
2: I, I'd be happy to deplete the military budget. To to invest in housing okay. for people who need it. Okay, okay, that's
1: doing something I, good for I, people. Not I just could, protecting a marketplace. Right? I could, I, I could get on board with what you're saying, but not use the word deplete. Why? I think it's a very strong, active verb. <laughs> it's doing a lot of work.
2: <laughs> yeah, <it> sure is. <laughs> redirect. Is okay. That a softer uh, word. Re- redirect.
1: For you? Yes. 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 <laughs> And how
2: about reallocating Reallocate. people's money to work for the people?
0: Yeah, this is a big. I, I, so, some of the issues you've raised include uh, reparations, right?
1: Now he didn't uh, say that last night. This is another conversation the two of you've had.
0: No, no, no. Just just well, now with with wanting to give land back to back be kind of reparations, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Americans. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, um, Another big issue is how to deal how to deal with the homeless uh, with the homeless problem. This is something that does exist to some extent uh, here in Quincy, but is such a much, such a bigger problem in California. I, what is the homeless situation like in for us knowing? Oh,
1: I mean it's 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 significant in comparison to Quincy, right? But it, com, but I mean compared to San Jose or San Francisco, it's it's not that bad.
0: Yeah. I mean, has it grown in the time that you've lived there? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. Definitely.
0: I mean, I... We were talking about this the, the other day. Um, uh, I, I mean, I, I find myself having this conversation all the time. If I compare homelessness in the Bay Area where I grew up versus homeless in Italy... Uh, there's a there's a very very big difference that that is there, so let's say that and and my wife and I talk about this all the time. What would what would you do if you had a billion dollars or something? Do like Do you
1: this? and Liz have those conversations? We do.
0: We How yeah about oh that? yeah. We, and,
1: and you know what? I'm 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 excited to hear this answer.
0: So, I, well, one of the things is, I mean, this is just a smaller, this this. This thing addressing homelessness is just a larger, is, is just a smaller thing of a much larger education project. Um, you know, we would found a school. I would found a school. Um, Where? I'd love to go into all those details. I have a lot of ideas, but, but okay. before, before okay. we go onto, the, onto that tangent, let, let's deal sure. with the homelessness sure, uh, sure. issue at hand. Sure. Um, so let's say that I had a, uh, a center. In which I can walk up to a homeless person on the streets of Berkeley, and I can say, "Look, I'd like to offer you a place to stay." And that place to stay is going to include your own private room. You're not going to have to share a room with uh, with somebody else. Uh, you're going to uh, have internet access. You get change of clothes. You know, you'll have uh, job training. You know, uh, whatever it happens to be, to help you get back on your feet to help you become uh, a contributing member of society to what whatever bro, it is. You don't you, think
1: you don't think people are doing that all day every day?
0: Let me, I, okay. Let me finish. Okay. Let me finish. Because because, because we, I th- I think you're going to you're you're going to find that we're going in the same direction. But then I want to jump to Italy before I get your comment, okay? Okay. So, if I walked up to someone on the streets of Berkeley, a homeless person, mm. and I offered that package, mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, like you get cursed look, out. This is not, yeah. Yeah. Then this is not charity, right? This is not charity. This is something that like whatever, whatever skills you might have, whatever, um, and like, you know, if you're an accountant, if you, if, if, if you've got any kind of skills like that, or if you're just going to be pushing a broom, you're going to be, you're going to be working Dignified as well. This work. is the, yeah. Right. It's this not going to just be charity. This is a, this is a question. This is a question of human dignity. Right. Um, 95% of people would say no. 95% I think it's fair to say. Maybe more. I, I hom- totally of, agree. Of homeless folks. I mean, maybe 95 w- 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 would say no.
1: Because there is an organization that I, did, I donate to in Fresno called the Poverello House, and they've got uh, very similar spiel and... But go ahead. Go ahead. So,
0: and services. Fast forward to Italy. So our daughter was born in Italy in 2018, and... Uh, even more now than 20 years ago, Italy, and particularly where we were living, Genoa, uh, it's, it's the site of a, of a, of a huge, um, newly founded immigrant community. And these immigrants are generally black Africans. They're generally from around uh, West African. And they have risked life and limb to get to the West. They have, you know, you hear news stories all the time about, you know, ships carrying refugees, you know, the the the, the um, Italian Coast Guard is trying their best to prevent them from landing. Uh, you know, all sorts of boats, you know, old rickety boats, uh, you know, break apart. All sorts of people die uh, every year on the Mediterranean. These people arrive, and Genoa is one of the largest historic ports in that Western Mediterranean region, and so a lot of immigrants end up there, and. If you live in a medium-sized to large city, I think it's fair to say anywhere in Italy nowadays, um, and you go to any bar, any restaurant, any grocery store, you are going to find a, um,
1: a rose peddler.
0: Um, you'll find the rose peddlers... And the guys that are selling are, uh, in single, the, in, in single the, cigarettes. In, ...in the city center on Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. And you'll find folks selling umbrellas when it's raining. You'll find those people who are super enterprising. And usually those folks who are living tend to a room yes. someplace, you know. They're living very close to the ground. Same, same in Barcelona. You'll, but you'll also find just some forlorn forlorn yeah. immigrant begging outside and yeah. maybe trying to offer services like, hey, can you uh, can you get to... Can I carry your groceries to the car or something like that? And these people are not dangerous. Generally speaking, like the vast majority of them are not dangerous. They are just, they have tried to make their dream come true and now they are finding themselves uh, you know, in, in, in a horrific situation, right? And if you approached those folks and you, you gave them the same offer, a place to stay, you know, a place dignified to work. shower, dignified work, internet, job training, internet. You know, all of, like well over ninety-five percent of people would say yes.
1: Okay, so what's so what's the okay? Go ahead.
0: So my my point, mm-hmm. and by by all means, jump in with any questions. But I, I, I'm trying to in 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 trying to address address what what J is saying. I agree that we need to do more. I agree that the kind of you know. How do we pursue the best parts of what we might broadly call liberalism? Not liberalism in the American context of only people on the left of the uh, but you know in, 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 in that broad in, in that broad-based way of like, how do we? how do we make a better society, a more just society? How do, how do we protect individual rights? How do we focus on the common good? I know that a lot of liberal strands of thought would not really focus on the common good at all. They would only focus on individual rights. But the point being, like, how do we actually do this? Our, our history, even just our recent history, is littered with a litany of well-intentioned policies gone wildly wrong, and um, this question of homelessness in America. Because American homelessness is different. What's going on in Italy, you'll find the same thing going on, like the country that reminds me most of America in, this, in, in the homeless, uh, for the homeless issue, is the UK. The UK, you know, it's got a lot of, like the homeless population of America is generally white and black Americans. Who have fallen through the cracks? People who were born here. Who have fallen People through the have... cracks,
1: or made a combination of fall, fall, a combination of falling through the cracks and making bad decisions?
0: I mean, I, I don't, I don't think falling through the cracks is mutually exclusive. I, I, I think we're talking the same language, okay. but I, I don't want. But, but I, I, think, I don't want to I say falling that through the cracks could
1: sound like it's not their fault.
0: I don't, I don't want to, I don't I think, want to say that. I'm not saying happened. you're saying
1: that, but that could be interpreted that way. This person fell through the cracks; it wasn't their fault. Well, I mean, I we don't need to argue at, at those the, semantics.
0: I don't think it's semantics, though. I I, I think this is a, I think this is a really important point. Like, um, some people would say it's never like a, a person becoming homeless is never their fault, and I would say that. I know that you wouldn't say that, but a lot of people would say that. And maybe it's a little bit of an overstatement, but think about like the tent cities in Oakland. Like, not everybody. Simply made a series of bad decisions to end I'm up. I'm not saying that either. Of course. So we can agree that there is a middle ground. Sure. That there, that there is. I think
1: it's a combination of unfortunate circumstances and bad choices.
0: And those unfortunate circumstances are not just kind of given. These are things that we have created as a culture. We have created as a society. When, you know, the distributions of, uh, of income are what they are. When. Um, certain people are making more money than God and other people are not and the property prices are going through the roof. I mean, my, uh, my parents, to take one example, would not have been able to to buy uh, in the neighborhood that they did uh, if they hadn't been buying in the 1970s. You know, they, We would have ended up someplace in Turlock or Fresno or some someplace way outside the Bay Area because how is a person on a regular civil servant's salary supposed to live... In, you know, a place where houses are now valued at way over a million, mm-hmm. you know. And now I'm not saying it's the fault of the market, uh, but I am saying there are problems that we can deal with. This, these aren't just givens that we dismiss, okay. right? Um, yeah. Sounds so, like you have a thought.
1: No, it's just, it's just, you were going to ask Jay matt a question. Um, what do we do then? Because he was saying, he, he was saying... You know, we need to provide more services. There are a lot of services. There are a lot of services available. The deal is, where I where I live, here's the deal. They say, and it's crazy when you drive over there. You, you drive over to where, they have multiple buildings where they provide. We're
0: talking about your town, Fresno. Uh, yes, Fresno, Fresno okay. California. Okay.
1: And, uh, so you, you drive over to this area where the homeless congregate, right? There's multiple buildings that have showers and bedrooms and they have a big dining hall and um, and anybody could come in and get fed. But if you want to stay, they say, we'll provide job training. And and what happens is you work through their program and you become a cook for the dining hall. You become the person who collects the donations when people donate, right? So And then you move on and graduate and then they've got other services where, okay, now you're going to be the janitor for this organization we have affiliations with. So now you're going to leave the confines of the community, right?
0: So as you approach this and these folks are volunteers, these folks are like, yeah, well, no, I, well, I want to get my life back on my feet. Well, yeah they're, yeah, they're they're
1: they're they're homeless, right?
0: And so that they're 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 saying, "Look, I want to get back on my feet this, Yeah. this is I am okay." Right. Okay. So as
1: you're approaching this building or compound or whatever you want to call it, it's just there's there's encampments all around it, right? And every day, the social workers, the people who've come through the program that were on the street are going out to the encampment that surrounds it because they, they open the doors three, three meals a day for the dining hall for everybody. But if you want to stay, if it's, you know, 32 degrees or, or, if, it's, or if it's 107 outside, if you want to go in and stay and get a shower and get air conditioning and get job training or whatever, they ask you, are you willing to give up your habit? And the answer is no. They will take living outside to keep their habit. That's the deal at this particular.
0: I think it's an important deal. A lot of homeless shelters allow people to use, and I am someone who is in favor of the legalization of drugs. But, but I would not in here. I would because say you're absolutely not here. Like you need you you it's need like, to, getting your like, life back together yeah. involves. Yeah. Maybe maybe you can start using again once you're once you're yeah, on you. your feet. Well, I we I re- recommend against <laughs> it, but you could if you want to. But for this now, left wing position.
1: <laughs> but for now, I, I, I
0: agree. Like, that that's, because that's this is the a deal. big distinction if, if between the If you want a hot
1: shower and a shave and you want a bed and you want to get out of this hundred and seven degree heat, you gotta give up that meth, man. Come on. And they say no. It's, and and they live right there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's it, it, you're absolutely right. You got your finger on something very important, and this to me goes to the heart of pretty much you know how we started the conversation with liberalism, right? Mm-hmm. Individual rights. We are a country that prizes individual rights maybe more than any other country in human history, and that's not a bad thing, but it, it is a thing that has consequences, like. It's yeah, a, just, a lot of people we that we've sacrificed
2: the, the, a sort of a, a, a national understanding of what a communal good might look like or a exactly. common good mm. might look like because we have worshipped individual rights so much, and I think that's mm. where the left stumbles so much in America because it, it just cannot and has not yet presented a viable alternative to capitalism. That's its biggest weakness, and I think anybody on the left or right would would argue that. Uh, capitalism has become so ingrained, and individual rights is a part of that. That we just can't outthink a lot of these problems because we can't outthink capitalism. Has capitalism
1: done more harm than good?
2: I would argue yes. I would argue no. I, I, that doesn't surprise me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it.
0: Just to conclude the bit about homelessness, and then let's ta- then let's tackle capitalism more broadly. But the the business about individual rights, right? We can. We can go too far with this. And this is this is the problem. This is why homelessness in America is a different kettle of fish from almost any other homelessness that you would find anywhere else on the planet. Because
1: we value individual rights so much. Because it's it's American. It's American. In in
0: other countries, it's gonna like in, in Turkey, there are very, very, very rare, but there are Turkish folks on the street. But generally we're talking about war refugees we're talking right. about refugees from not just Syria but Afghanistan other places who people who have crossed over deserts and mountains to try to get through Turkey to get to the west like we're talking about a totally different thing here same i mean the same thing with homelessness in Italy right different but you know you've got poor poor immigrants from Africa and elsewhere who are just dying to get to the west mm-hmm. and so It seems to me that a big part i i think that this that this um this homeless shelter in fresno is on the right track it is part of the solution it's like look we can do this we can start to get the balances back a little bit more sane but we do need to not just homeless people of course not just homeless people with their habits but we can all surrender some individual rights for the sake of the common good mm-hmm. and if we can just acknowledge that in theory then all sorts of interesting possibilities start to emerge out of that practical things that we can do start to emerge out of that that's, that's how I would sum up the homeless stuff
2: yeah I know I think those are great points so to to sort of encapsulate all of the the points we've moved through on the left you know uh, property militarism. corporatism militarism police power you could also throw in, to some extent, environmentalism there. But there are very few, for better or worse, uh, like militant left-wing environmental groups that want to like blow up nuclear plants and like mm. destroy oil rigs and stuff like that. And I, I wouldn't cry if those things happened. But I'm just saying that those are like the, the, the probably <laughs> oh my the, you know, the smallest uh, aspect of, of like uh, far leftist or radical leftist. But I would say the point that ties all of these disparate left-wing ideas together is a m- militant attitude towards capitalism.
1: Most liberals... Yeah. This, like is, Hillary... this is the big fish of the discussion, I think.
2: Yeah, certainly. I, I, I think a lot of mainstream liberals like Hillary Clinton or like Joe Biden, they're fully on board with capitalism. They want to regulate it maybe a little bit more than Republicans do. I would totally agree with that. Yeah, I
1: mean, Bernie gives lip service, but you know, Bernie's living a
2: certain lifestyle, man. Absolutely, and
1: and And so is AOC. He
2: gets a lot, of, and she does as well. Gets a lot of criticism from left wing people, including myself, of like, well, I mean,
1: mean, this is what you say, but you know, this is not what
2: you're doing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So again, there's there's a variety of responses to capitalism. It could be something like uh, like a Bernie. Let's Let's—I uh, don't know—restrict capitalism out of business, so to speak. Let's place in certain. Well, in uh, in England there are or, or, there are <laughs> um,
1: in England there's no restriction on how much you can earn, but it's very tax prohibitive if you want to make more than say three or four hundred thousand dollars in a year. Mm-hmm. It's to the point where it's like, do I really want to make more than that because the taxes are going to whack me so hard? I might as well just stay here at three or four hundred k. Is that Are you familiar with their tax structure in sure. that way? Yeah. So it's not necessarily a limit on how much you can make, but it's very tax prohibitive.
2: Certainly. And I would say that is like the inaugural step towards actual leftism. If you want to go very far to the left with things like socialism or communism, and let me clarify just for anyone listening, socialism is actually just like a station on the road to communism. <laughs> it's like they are separate things, but very few... Uh, only democratic socialists would argue that socialism is the stopping point right? gotcha those, those people are, are say, well, so would you say of...
1: that communism is the extreme end
2: uh, probably
1: I mean perhaps anarchism okay is probably maybe even a little bit further now than by that. by
0: end, you mean your preferred end would is that or the, right?
1: i was I was not uh, asking that in, in regards to his perspective, just in general right
0: well like, well yeah i I, I guess that's that 's my problem like. I'm not sure we can generalize about these things because you use the term capitalism and you mean something. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, and I, and gotten I'm gotten not trying to. I'm, uh, I I mean, got no, no, no. Track. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I don't. I don't think you've gotten off track at all. No, I'm just trying I, I to. I'm just that. trying to make it so that, like, c- and when uh, a person loosely or tightly affiliated with the Republican Party says capitalism, I'm not sure they're speaking the same language. Interesting. As you are. In fact, I'm almost certain they're not. Hmm. And so I just want to mm-hmm. like. You know, one of, one of the core purposes of this podcast is to examine, like, in addition to the other key concepts of our world today, you know, freedom and democracy and science and religion and so forth. Capitalism is one of the, those key concepts, yeah. right? And it's fundamentally contested. And people do not mean the same thing when when they use it, depending on their political orientation. Okay. And so I, I would love to, I, I think it would be helpful. It might sound trivial. It might sound really, really pedestrian. But I would love to get your take on what you think capitalism is. like Just just in general, or with all sorts of examples, if you want to give it, and then get your take. I love okay. it. Thank yeah. you, like, for, thank I, you I, for opening I, it up
1: that way, because I, I I've got a direction be, I want to go with that. Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, capitalism is the private ownership of the means of production, and the a, a, a very contested and perhaps restrictive relationship between uh, capital, which owns all, say, all the banks, all the factories, all the government Consolidation. Yeah, the consolidated power of the government and the economy. Which versus is... Versus labor, mm-hmm. the common people mm-hmm. who are, are trying to get by. Mm-hmm. And uh, I certainly have not read all of Marx or even most of him, but I understand this, this one... I think everybody should understand this one fundamental concept about Marx, and that's that someone who owns a business, it's their job to make as much money as possible from that business. Someone who works at a given business, it is their job to make as much money for themselves as possible, and either provide for themselves or for their family. And both of them are trying to make as much money as possible. Uh, they're they're both using their individual rights, their individual capacity to gather as much resources as possible. Is that
1: your personal too. belief?
2: I, I think it's. I think it is sure. it's fundamental. Like, oh, I don't know. I wouldn't call
1: that one. fundamental. I wouldn't.
2: You do no, that people are working towards
0: their I, I, I just but want to solely. get solely Before we get into the argument, yeah. I would really No This can be a productive argument, but I really want I really
1: want to hear I, Because I, he I, okay, you asked him for his personal take on it. Yeah, yeah. And he quoted Marx. Now is the what Marx... Sure, Mar- yeah.
2: Well, there's just a contest between these two ideas. Okay. Right? The, the, the owner of property, the owner of capital, sure. the owner of business, whatever word you want to use, is trying to to keep as much profit as possible. The worker is trying to make as much money as possible. These two ideas don't work, right? Because there's got to be some sort of compromise or negotiation between them, and usually it's not in favor of labor. So again, to recap, because we've I've, I've gone all over the place, it's the private ownership and centralization of the means of production in the hands of a few and there's some sort of contested relationship between those people and those who are laboring for a living. That's the very right. sensual, like, dime size yeah,
1: definition of capitalism.
0: Right, right. All right. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Now, how, how would you see it? Okay.
1: It, great. And I'll, I'll, I'll keep mine short as well because we're going into definitions now. And, uh, and then we can expand, you know, personal yeah, stories or yeah. whatever. So m- my definition is um, a capitalist – um ideal is that is that the capital belongs in the hands the capital being being the money just say let say the money
2: yeah.
1: a capitalist ideal is the capital belongs in the hands of the people the socialist would say the capital belongs in the hands of the state that is my definition
0: Yeah, so that that's interesting. I mean, I I, I can see why. I mean, of course, there there there's going to be some really, uh, hopefully productive and vehement disagreement about this, because you're
2: you're seeing it in front of Walmart greeting people as they walk in has the same sort of function in capitalism as the guy who owns the store.
1: No, no. Then it's not in their hands. Well, then. the well, greeter has no, no power. No, but that's the thing.
2: They are completely dependent on the wage that is given to them based on the, the owner of Walmart is
1: them. not an agent of the state.
2: But they are an agent of a kind of state, a capital state, which has as much power, if not more, than any sort of government. Now, authority.
1: here's the beautiful thing about capitalism, though: the greeter of Walmart can change their station dramatically. How? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I look forward to debunking your answer. Oh, uh, well. And, and you might because – okay. So here's where I wanted to expand. Here's where I wanted to expand. And my wife and I have this discussion. This is like the most common discussion in my household. <laughs> okay, Patrick knows exactly where this is going. This is the most common discussion in my household. It sounds like a fun household. Oh, oh, it's great, especially with my kids. Gosh. Um. My dad, mm. who I feel is a good man, made a slew of bad decisions in the 70s and 80s. My dad was incarcerated. My dad, um, he's held people at gunpoint. He's broken into people's homes. Um, he's done a lot. He's sold drugs. He's enacted physical violence on people that didn't necessarily deserve it. Um One of my earliest memories i was like three years old visited him in prison um and no sob story i'm just to preface right there's a lot of people you know i'm I'm african-american i'm black um there's a lot of people who have a similar story to that right my dad was a crack dealer my dad was a coke dealer
2: is he also from california yeah
1: well he was born he was okay so if we want to go even further back my dad was born in a tent right in a place called bell ellen alabama doesn't even exist anymore Mm -hmm. it was a it was a it was a mining town Mm -hmm. um kind of right in the middle of alabama doesn't even had a post office at one point but when the coal mines dried up in the late 50s um everybody left right um so he was he was born in a tent on a dirt floor and then when he was about four or five years old his whole family moved to california okay and uh, that's where he was raised and then, when my grandparents retired in 1977, they moved back to Alabama, built a home, had some land, and then my dad stayed in California. When my when my last grandparent passed away in 09, he moved back and inherited the house. He said he's a long he was, at that point he had cleaned his life up dramatically, and he was he was a long haul trucker. He said I only sleep in my own bed two nights a week anyway. I'll just sleep in the house that I was that I was inherited. That I inherited. So going back to my story, right? Um, My parents got divorced because my dad wasn't living right. He got locked up and he was womanizing and all kinds of stuff. No sob story, by the way. Now, my mom, she had dealt with depression for large parts of her life. And in a three-year time period, her third marriage ended, which was my dad. She got laid off from her job and her father died. And she never recovered from that, even still to this day, right? Um, So that spun her into a depression, which affected how she parented, which affected how my sister and I were raised. And by the age of 13, I decided... This situation isn't working for me anymore. Yep. Um, we were getting the lights cut off. Um, we were moving every 18 months, living with this family member, living with that family member. I watched my mom get into a fist fight with one of her sisters. It was, it was, it was, it was chaotic. But I wouldn't go as far as to say traumatic. Yeah. So I made the decision at 13. This situation's not working for me. So I, I decided to move in with my aunt, who is my mom's older sister. How does this relate to capitalism? Mm, yeah,
2: I'm
1: wondering. <laughs> I'm just teasing of course teed. no 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 of course how does this relate to the overarching argument um, there was absolutely luck involved yeah but I turned my life into something mm-hmm. and the system of capitalism that believes the capital belongs in the hands of the people allowed me to transcend my station allowed me America does not have a caste system but it has a class system. Yeah. Okay? It's, it's, and it allowed me to move up in class. Upward mobility. Upward mobility. Yeah. In a in Cuba, I couldn't have done that. Well, I don't know much about Cuba, but I don't know
2: that I would agree with that. And also, one might say, oh, okay. if there's no station to move up to... Uh, see the the, the so concept uh, of upward mobility presupposes that... Upward mobility is necessary. And again... Necessary, no. Necessary, no.
1: ...in which you think that it's normal has been built for Necessary, no. Positive, yes. Necessary, no. Positive for some people. Positive, absolutely. Because...
0: Could I I interject real quick? Please. So, it, it would seem helpful to just outline the major arguments that that I think you guys are embodying because it's, it's it, this is very important. One side will say, you know, uh, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. If I'm, if I'm putting words in your mouth, please let me know. But one side would say, look, capitalism has been the cause of all this economic disparity, uh, domestic and global, right? It has been the cause of a lot of poverty. It has been the cause of a lot of, uh, a lot of suffering and it ties into the military industrial complex and, and, and all sorts of things. And there is evidence to support this view, right? And then, Anthony, what you're saying is, well, Anthony, look, capitalism does quite a bit, it has lifted hundreds of millions, perhaps billions of people out of poverty in the last, say, two generations. It has been not the cause of all of that stuff, but it, it is, it is um, not the cause of the income disparities that we, of course, we see, but it has it, it actually lifted a lot of people I would up, say up, that. Up, and, out of poverty. Yes. It has been kind of um, a real force for good. It, it has lifted more people have... out, of
1: po- out of poverty than any other mechanism in the history of humanity. Well, what so people the... are you talking about?
2: The people that live in squalor in the, in the places that we sure. extract their resources. Um, or, I mean, you're talking about a select amount of people who have achieved upper mobility within the physical confines of the United States, and I just I, I think that is very close to being something like statistical noise in, in the grand.
1: Scheme it's
0: of not things. just in the United States, right? Was, well, what other be... examples? Well,
1: of I mean, movies? large parts of China. China's right. China's got a very. It's 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 economic system has has capitalism. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a capitalism, but it's got it's got capitalism flavor.
0: There has been like even though they don't call it capitalism, and even though recently Xi Jinping has totally clamped down on the uh, let's let's call it the freedom of movement of of private business. um, The reason why China has grown so far and so fast in the last half century or so. What about India? Is that it has been capitalism. India all too. India. Like, you can point to those. You can point to the success stories of South Korea and, uh, and Japan after World War II. You can point to all sorts of things that... So... I should probably make my own views know, ex- known, except that part of the problem is that I, I mean I study capital. This is one of my fields of study. Like I, I study it, and I right. I study these competing narratives all the time, and I'm like I find so much that is valid in both of these <laughs> narratives, and I'm not trying to play some sort of you both. It's interesting. Remember how you uh, you uh, called me a moderate earlier? Yes. I think it was today or yesterday. Today. You called me. You called me a moderate, and I said the same thing. But I bristled. I was like, but but it. but the I sentiment know. was
1: different. He was calling you a moderate, like i moderate. No, and no, I, no I, I don't think and so. And I was calling you a moderate, like hey, you're a moderate.
0: I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think you meant it. Maybe you did mean it as a negative thing, and I didn't realize it. <laughs> My point is, I reacted negatively <laughs> to that lukewarm because I'm—I I don't consider myself lukewarm. I, I, no, I no, there's definitely all not. sorts of no. But th- the point is, I—I I think I am, if not a fair, at least a, um, um, at least an informed judge. Um, I have deep sympathy for for both sides of the argument. I think that there is a lot to reform, and I think that there is a lot to, like, okay. dare I say, celebrate. Now, I don't think Anthony's story is just statistical noise. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I think that, that, that I think definitely... Was, I don't think that's what
1: he was saying. Uh, that's my personal story.
0: Well, just the, 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 the story of, of rising in social Sure, clouds. sure, sure, sure. Did, sure, did I understand sure. you correctly? The,
1: the, the story
2: of upper mobility writ large sure. in America, which I think is, there's good evidence of it, as you've used, but it, as an American myth, I think it's a little overblown. And that's what I'm calling statistical noise.
1: Okay, I would also like to add. Um, so I, I have a, I, I have a friend who um, who make, he makes a lot of money. He's an attorney, um, <clears throat> hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Mm. Um, he's uh, he, he's older than all of us. He's got four, he's got grown kids, and he tells me in private circles, just in you know what he and I are talking, how much money he donates. And he's not. He doesn't show me receipts, but he has no reason to lie. He he probably donates about a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, that's great. And that's what I mean by Sorry, and how much does he make? Six, seven. Mm. You know, so he's given away more than ten percent of his money. Yeah,
0: I mean I, I think I can anticipate J Matt's response to that. I,
1: I would love to hear it because I, because here's the thing. I love talking about my friend because Crystal and I give too, not at that level. Our our goal is to get to where we can give away 10% of our money, right? And right now we're close to five, right? I would like to be the steward of what I've earned and I would like to think that I will be a good steward of what I've earned and I will know what's best for it based on my personal experience, what I'm passionate about. For example, my friend, donates he is dedicated to a certain organization that helps convicts when they transition out of prison help them get help them get them back on their feet right that's what he's passionate about and he's absolutely he's done in-depth research into how much percentage goes to the actual the you know the the work of the day and how much goes to the bureaucracy of the organization and he said hey this is a good one When I hear Marxism or or socialism, I hear there's not even an opportunity to make money like that. And if there was, we're going to tax you through the nose and we're going to decide where that money needs to go.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: We're going to decide as the government where that – let's use a larger example. The owner of Walmart, the Walton family, Mm -hmm. when when Senior Walton passed away, the money went to his heirs. And like all four of them are top 50 richest people in the world, right? So – they're very rich, right? Did they do anything
2: to earn that well? Oh, uh, probably th-
1: the kids probably not, but Walton himself, senior Walton, he doesn't come from much. He put in work, right? Mm-hmm. So the kids not so much, but here's what we don't does know. Does
2: hard work justify that much power over other people?
1: Justify? No. If you want to use the word justify, no. Because we all have different we we, we all have different varying levels of ambition within us. Hmm. I think, and that's part of being human. We're um, so, but what we don't know is how much money is given away. Mm-hmm. We, we we don't know that, and is that really any of our business? I'm
2: not sure but that that that's, it matters. That's,
0: pa- that's part that's part of the issue, though. Like, I would I would be on board not just because I know you, even if even if I just you know had like, like because you're a relatively small fish. And because you are so connected to your community, and because I know the even even if I knew just the bare outlines of your story and not like I, w- I would trust you like it like let's say that you're you know you you end up with a substantial uh, you know five or ten years from now, you've got quite a bit of money and you're gonna you're, you're gonna be like I would trust you to do that kind of tithing. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. But I'm not sure I, I I would trust the billionaire class to do that kind of tithing. I think that they are almost by definition a little too out of touch to what make about, to make good judgments. I, I heard I heard
1: that Elon contributed greatly to the to, to the to the water problems in Flint, Michigan. I'm sure, I'm I mean, sure
0: he, I'm sure he has hundreds not of millions saying, of dollars. I'm not like, saying billionaires don't do good work. I'm not saying that they don't. Like I'm sure that Bill Gates, in some ways, in some things, for example, in his anti-malaria campaign, is doing is and doing. And you know what? I think
1: work. I think a few hundred years from now, when we look back on that, like that's important. When we look back on Bill Gates's contribution to trying to eliminate malaria, of course, it's important. That's I, I, I,
0: just like just like mitigating the, the 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 just atrocious water in Flint is important. I guess my. My concern is the same thing that we were discussing earlier. Like, is there room for an inheritance tax? Uh, uh, like a progressive kind of tax that will especially... So when
1: those Walton kids inherited that money, they should get whacked hard.
0: That would be, that would be definitely the prime point of the inheritance
1: Where would the tax? money go that they're being taxed?
0: I'm glad you asked. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, uh, who's the
1: purveyor? Well, who's think, the decider?
0: But think, but think back to, and how do we
1: decide what that money goes to?
0: Absolutely. And let's note how the roles have reversed. Remember, in in J Mat's understanding of capitalism, he he saw it as the few controlling controlling most of the capital, and like oligarchies do form in these kinds of sure and i can't deny that yeah yeah but and then look at your understanding which is also not wrong like it's you see it as a much more dispersed way to like okay and you could see it in on the from the level of individual folks like yourself okay playing this game okay we have become homeowners now oh we might be running small businesses now in a way that would not have been possible in a society such as Soviet Russia or, uh, or in Cuba. We've got actually these secure property rights and this and that and the other thing. Neither of these visions are wrong, but just notice, no, notice how this has shifted. I would love to, all, okay. all of a sudden, like on the subject of an inheritance tax, the folks more or less in your Anthony's camp of capitalism would say, absolutely not, no inheritance tax. Like, this, this, is, this is part of the point. Like Now it's the, like, we can't let the state make these decisions, so it has to be individuals making these decisions. The problem is, and this goes straight to the heart of liberalism, right? In the last 200 years, you've got thinkers talking, like, and they're speaking your, more or less, I think they're speaking the language of both of you, right? They're saying, look, like, we can do this. We can judge it on merit alone. People can rise and fall on their merits. We can create a more just society. We can carve out individual rights. We can... And think about how far humanity has shifted from 200 years ago to today. I mean, in the, in the early 1800s, you were considered progressive if you were... Oh no! A child of ten should only be working fourteen hours a day, or whatever it is. like I, I don't remember the exact number, but it was something insane like that. you know, child labor was just a thing of the you know it was it was just a normal thing, and you know uh, the, you know six days a week is is, uh, is normal and and you know we, we we can see all sorts of ways in which humanity has shifted from that, and we can all we can all see lo- all sorts of ways in which we still need to improve or indeed perhaps gut some things and start start again. But look at the look at the way it shifts with the, on this subject of the inheritance tax because a meritocracy in theory is always a good thing. Like we want in people, in,
1: in theory. Now I can't argue people, with the fact that it it progresses into an oligarchy. I can't argue with that.
0: Right, exactly. And so it you've got a particular, you've got a particular meritocracy that rises on its own merits, becomes extremely rich, whether we're talking about the, um, the industrialists of the early Industrial Revolution Britain, or we're talking about the robber barons in America, or we're talking about the tech bros of today. Um, at every point, people who really did rise on their own merits are, in the, the case of the, the kids... And the grandkids, you know, the generations after and further, they are now a, a totally entrenched aristocracy. The very thing that we were trying to prevent. The very thing that we were trying. Okay. To, and so, like.
1: All, all part, true. Part, all
0: part, true. Part, of, part of the.
1: Every society will it, it's, it's, have one. It's, it's Every an society. As,
0: right, right. It's an aspect of your position, though, right? That we want to disperse it to the people, right? But to do that. It's not enough to just say free market rules, everything's gonna work itself out. I don't And fully the rich believe people the free are like I, I know, I know. But then maybe you might acknowledge the point of some government regulation, including, perhaps, a well thought out, well implemented inheritance tax. I don't like it. <laughs> I, 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 I don't like it.
1: I I I don't like it because we are I want to use the word abdicate. We are you. We We're are advocating our responsibility. Not I'm not responsibility. Okay. Why does the government get to say what, what happens to the money?
0: Well, remember the government. Why is we the people? Now that that might make me a Pollyanna, but I I think you're you're a pretty optimistic guy. <laughs> you know, like. like
1: Yes, and I'm not saying no. Yes, and 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 I'm not saying that our doesn't the government have some role? Our our elected, you know, you're right. I'm not saying our federal government. I'm not saying they're all corrupt. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that they're out of touch. Of
0: course, there is some corruption. Of course, there is some out of touchness, and in Washington, as in big business,
1: there, you know, there can be a lot of it. Yeah. So, and I could also acknowledge that the heirs of these. You know, titans of corporatism. Maybe they're spoiled snot-nosed brats, right? And they didn't have the grind like pops, right? I I get that, but would the slightly corrupt, slightly you know out of touch politician be any better to to redistribute that money?
2: This is why we need communal decisions.
1: <laughs> so
2: to, to determine what is but best, but we do
1: have that uh, every not really. every every fall when we get the ballot. Not only are we voting for the officials, we're voting for measures.
2: Uh, to a certain extent, I think what we're largely doing is uh, we're voting on how we'd what like dressing we want to put on the same
1: machine. Okay, okay, <laughs> but, but 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 that's what we're deciding. We're deciding as a people how this money should be allocated. Certain portions of money. Certain portions of tax money. So are, are you going a level deeper saying that the system we have is not suited? I think democracies have not funded... Not suited to what? Not, not suited to reallocate properly. Yes. Yes, because... Okay. Uh,
2: democracy Well, I mean, I, it's left. hard to argue with that. American liberal democracy is fundamentally designed to soften the machine of capitalism. It's never going to dismantle it. It's never going to put more money or more power in the hands of the people, as you think capitalism is going to do. It's only going to uh, give you a choice between Target and Walmart and call that freedom. It's the same products. It's going to give you a choice between of this ballot or, or this measure or this measure. And it's not going to change but anything largely in favor of the people.
1: Here's the thing, J. Matt. For the human soul, I think that's okay. What? Inequality? No. The... I should call it the illusion of choice. Rather than in, in Russia or Cuba... This is where you buy boots. Take it or leave it. You know. Sorry, I still don't
0: understand. It's okay for the human soul to have no choice? No. It's, to
1: have the illusion of choice. Like you said, Target and Walmart, they're the same thing. And you're yeah, you're pretty much right. You're like 85% right there because I shop at both. Right? So I think that's okay for the human to I, I, to I, to have this illusion of choice. Sorry, wasn't a... the
0: subject an inheritance tax? Like, <laughs> I, th- I thought the subject was like if the, could the government make an effective decision and we've talked we talked a little bit about this earlier right there's all sorts of ways in which i believe that most of things like aid education welfare they're best spent they're best allocated by people the closest to the ground like so whether that's Distributing education funds to state and local uh, governments, whether and, and maybe attaching a lot of conditions. I have a lot of thoughts about how education must be reformed, bureaucracy 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 stripped out. Um, welfare payments, like rather than a distant federal government handing out or a distant state government handing out welfare, some is sort distributed
1: of, by the at the, at the at the county level. Welfare is distributed at the county level
0: with. Certain standardized procedures in place, right? Yes. Like, but it's distributed at the county level. So how would how would we make sure that we get the balances right? Remember the the decision. Jay Matt says that,
1: get rid. He said the whole system needs to go to get the balances right. But am am well, I am I putting yeah. words in your mouth? No. no, no, no right,
0: but true. I but I'm asking you like okay. I, I, like how how would how would you put the balances right? Like because you've you've seen we've ta- we've talked about you you've.
1: What, 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 what was the job role when you were um, I was inspecting in propr- Section uh, 8 housing? Yeah, yeah, I was in property management. This... And, and, and I had to inspect Section 8 property. and So you're in a position to, to, to say how the balance is Absolutely, could be put right.
0: 100%. What would you say? Well, first of all, tell us tell, tell J-Matt what, what, what you saw as oh. an inspector of Section 8 housing. I
1: saw a lot. I saw a lot. Uh, sometimes you go in to inspect Section 8 property and the tenants keep their property beautifully. That's rare, it's probably ten or fifteen percent, uh, yeah, twenty percent would be one in five, so that's that's too high. Um, so I would say more than eighty percent, it's a mess. What we would have to do? we'd have to have the maintenance company meet us there. I'd call out everything that needed to be fixed. The maintenance guy would fix it. the owner of the property would pay for it. The next day the section eight inspector would come and say, "Oh, it's fine, and they'd leave and they'd send the check, right? I would also see luxuries, right? Flat screen TV on the wall. Um, Nice car in the driveway. How they got it, I can only assume. Um, So I would say that those funds are not being allocated well.
2: Why? Hmm. Why does it matter if a person lives in squalor and has a big screen TV? How is that any...
1: I see, the, I see the, that as a value judgment that, that no, 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 no. And, 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 I, and I can combat that because because that's taxpayer money that they're receiving. Okay. That's tax... I mean, I had to pay a pretty big tax bill last year.
2: Uh, and you shouldn't have. But I know
1: that I should that have or shouldn't you have. You should
2: not have had to pay a lot of taxes. I but I didn't
1: have any qualms about it. I think the um,
2: the kind of benefits that the billionaire class get from the kind of tax breaks that they get far, far... Far exceeds a few. Flat yes. Streams. Yes. Absolutely.
1: Hundred percent. I mean, War, uh, uh, what was it? Warren Buffett said. Uh, he said, percentage wise, my secretary pays more taxes than I do. And he yeah, said, and you think that's fair? No, right? no. And he, and even he said, that's not right, and someone should work on that.
0: So you let's agreed. get to it. So, what? Well, I'm not trying to put words in your. No. Mind, no, but, no. 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 But, but it's it.
1: No, actually, actually. Actually, I don't know if I do agree with that because I feel like the billionaire class is doing more with their money than we realize. And they're doing more with their money than the government would if they were to tax it out of them first. I honestly believe that. I'd need to see some primary
2: sources. And and, and here's the thing. And here's the
1: thing. This boils down to belief. It boils down to belief.
2: That's not enough to run on.
1: No, but, but but I mean we would also on the other end have to believe that if Elon or Warren Buffett was taxed in a certain way that the government coffers would get filled and we would have to believe that that money would be distributed justly, properly, ethically. Not necessarily. Tell if me we, about that. If
2: the people had more of a say – let's say – and this is a certain idea that I just made up off the top of my head so there's probably a million holes that we can poke in it. But let's say we take all of – Elon Musk's money. By the way, you were talking about Flint, Michigan. Didn't he tell the UN that if they came up with some sort of plan to end world hunger, he would fund it, and then they did, and he just ignored oh, them? No. I think that happened, no. but anyway. Um,
0: I would love to see that. I, 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 anytime I hear but, a plan to end world hunger, my, now, okay, my, so, my well, bullshit okay well, well, so goes up. all his
2: money, and then it's sitting in a coffer somewhere in D.C. Everyone in America gets a... Mass text message. A, B, C, or D. Or better yet, text whatever to this. And you believe and you believe
1: to... the the vote will be tallied properly, fairly, ethically.
2: Why, why un- wouldn't it be? Un
1: because human beings are involved.
2: Oh, and let's say well I mean Billionaires are human beings. You're I know. You're putting more trust I, I, in these people. I, I, yes, who, like, that's strip the point. The earth of that's the point. And, 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 and you
1: just railed against the U.S. government sticking their nose in everything, yeah, and they shouldn't. I,
2: I, I'm saying that uh, if you're going to trust them, you might as well trust the government. It's, it's, uh, it's the same side of each coin.
1: <laughs> I guess that. But uh, here, here's why I would say that's not accurate, because I, I think about I think about AOC. AOC made a statement. She said. Um, if you make more than ten million dollars, you should be taxed at an eighty-five percent rate. Golly, that's a lot of money. I'd be happy at but... hundred <laughs> percent.
2: And then have some sort of communal way to determine where that money goes okay. and apply it so, in ways that matters. So so, don't give it to the military. So
1: here's here, here here's my issue give it with to that. The people. Here's my issue with that. The politician that proposes that bill has never made ten million dollars. So what they're so what they're saying is, do you know what it takes to make ten million dollars? I'm not talking about Elon or the Walton kids. Do you know what it takes it takes it takes discipline, it takes ingenuity, it takes an idea, it takes hard work, it takes organizing, it takes so much sacrifice. But that that you know how hard it
2: is to be poor, you have to know dude, because of your, your your life story. Is that not hard work as well? Yeah. Don't and and people just you're relying on blind luck and like a little bit of hard work and saying that the system works. Uh, I,
1: oh, I, I would say, I, I definitely can't say a little bit of hard work because luck was present. Absolutely. Yeah. But I would not say that that was, uh, okay. For example, being able to move in with my aunt, that was huge luck. Yeah. Because a lot of people in my situation don't have an aunt they could go to. That would be a good example for me and help shape my life. So that was huge luck. But when I got out of the house, I was 18. Like, Dude, it was just grinding, decision-making, tuning into the right stuff, trying to keep the right friends. So that pivot in my life, like moving in with my aunt, that was luck that that was available to me. Beyond that, there were smaller slices of luck, but most of it was grinding. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Going back to my point about what AOC said, about how someone who makes... Beyond $10 million will be taxed at 85%. My issue with that is, is because what she's essentially saying is even though you had the ingenuity, hard work, discipline, and sacrifice to make that money, I will be a better steward of it. And I take huge issue with that. We're talking oh, at the $10 million level. I, 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 okay, I, 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 I hear very you. But
2: loosely about but what
0: she said. Could, could I put into perspective the, the, the millionaire and billionaire class? It's different. Just, it's very different. Well, no, no, no. But, but, okay. even, but even at the billionaire class, sure. I, there's a point I want to try to make here. So back in the days of the robber barons, um, Rockefeller, with his fortune, could have paid off the entire U.S. debt. The US, he, he could have used his fortune, placed it on the table, and the U.S. government would no longer have been in any debt.
1: That wouldn't have helped because they didn't learn anything.
0: Oh, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that that would have. They would have been, would a, have been right I, back
1: in debt a decade later. That's, that's not my point.
2: Spending my, money on the military. That, that de- <laughs> Why do you think the government's in debt? I'm sorry.
0: Well, boys, let's let's keep it in perspective. I've got, let me make my point and then, and, and then you can go. So that's what Rockefeller could have done uh, sure. in that day and age. With his relative fortune, he could have paid off the entire U.S. debt. I'm not we're not talking about whether or not it's a good idea. Sure. Fast forward to today, pick your richest billionaire. Cobble a few of them together. Let's put Gates and Elon. I don't. I do not believe that one of the, the fortune of one of them could pay the interest no. on one month no, it's like of the U.S. On the US government the, yeah, debt. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Like, so my, my Correct. point is we have to keep this into perspective, in a historical perspective, and say, look, even if you are a billionaire, much less a millionaire, right, there are things that the government can and indeed must do that no individual, not even a billionaire, is capable of doing by themselves. Now, we can talk about what those things might, might need to be. But there are, you know, small government conservative criticisms notwithstanding. Um, there are things that a government can and must do. And they do need taxing for that. So clearing the undergrowth. Not to say that the billionaire class is an inherently bad thing. We're going to have whatever iteration. There will be it an is. aristocracy,
1: whether it's government based, whether it's religion based, whether it's corporate based. There will be an aristocracy. I don't and so that.
0: let's. <laughs>
1: I, to me, that's to me that's utopian. Someone and will. There's nothing wrong with it. Someone that. will. What's wrong with it is it's impossible.
2: Why is it? First of all, I don't accept that it's impossible. Second of all, why is that wrong?
1: <laughs> well, okay. What does utopia look like, and who uh, that's and an who, infinite question and who decides who. what that utopia looks like?
2: I, I I don't know that it's a matter of who is deciding. I think it's looking at basic human needs and making sure that those needs are met, and that no one has power over those needs. Do you think world hunger
1: is? Place? Do you think world hunger is a function of not having enough food?
2: No, I think it's a function of people controlling the food. Yeah, that, that... people like you know. Capitalists, we so wanna wh- make money off the of food. So Crowd my dad and safe. I had this
1: discussion once. My my dad was a long haul trucker, and we had this discussion once, and he said, oh, "Why can't we just lower the price of food to nothing, and everybody gets fed?" And I said, "Dad, I think that would I think that would end up being more harmful than helpful." And Padraig and I have had this conversation, and he 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 whacks me over the head about this. It's 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 unfortunate, and I'm not trying to make a moral statement. But if we lowered the price of food to where everybody could eat all they wanted all the time, what would happen?
2: People would be full.
1: And they would be happy. Okay, okay. There would be large systems of this planet's infrastructure that would just collapse. The entire trucking industry, gone. The entire grocery store industry, gone. The entire restaurant industry, gone. Not
2: necessarily.
0: You're saying if the government decreed food is free, price, food is price free, price maximums. Oh, food is free. Food is free. Oh, even. Well, let's keep in mind that about... <laughs> for the majority of humanity's
2: existence, food has been free for like ninety-five percent. Yeah, so, so yeah, I was and, saying, and, and humanity.
1: Was and I, I, and
0: I, I, I don't think that's true. I, but I, even I if it was, we're not... where were we?
2: What do you mean? Where were we? Where Geographically? Were
1: we? No, <laughs> where were we as a species? When when food was probably just, a lot more satisfied than please. we are now. Please, I
2: think we're I,
0: no no no. I, th- I think I think we're missing something fundamental about money here. When we say food is, I know what you mean when you say food was free. When and, we, I, and, and, and when I, we I, were hunter gatherers, sure. food was free. yes yes can, uh, of course. We were we were paying in labor, right? We were mm-hmm. paying like the like this, like you know it's. And this brings up a uh, a hugely controversial point. Uh, you've got people on one side of the aisle who say. Back when we were hunter gatherers, things were so much better, right? Because we were, admittedly, way more egalitarian, right? Yeah, but then we are died at thirty five from or... an infected tooth. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we, we that was normal. I hope you're seeing yourselves in the in, in the debate, like on that seemingly very distant past, right? When humans were hunter gatherers. Some people say, "Oh, it was a Shangri La." Other people say, "Exactly." He's, what you're saying. I don't think he's saying yes, that.
2: No, somewhere in between, saying, it, but I'm saying that there are principles that we can take from that. If humanity survived then, why can't we survive now? Well, free because, food and a dentist that lives down the road <laughs> he's like, bring me a chicken, I'll fix your tooth. Why do we have to have the middleman of this credit card company that's charging the— Why the, don't we have a little more
1: discipline and save your money and not have to charge to go buy some chicken? The chicken I, would be free. Well,
0: right. <laughs>
1: I don't
2: know why, why, why you're getting charged for the chicken. But but
0: here's the thing: if you are living on if you are living on land and you are raising chickens, like you can call them free. But remember all the work that yeah. you put into that, yeah, the but startup it's work costs. that you the... own. Right. So so but but it is it is by any fair statement not free. It's something you worked well, your ass I, off for, certainly. right?
2: Certainly, we can change the word free, but.
0: What you I mean know, by that but, is but that it's point not being is exploited
2: out of you, and that 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 exploitation is being called, you know, saving your money or whatever. All of these like liberal terms that people put
1: over their oppression. Bro, you don't save money. Natural. Bro, you don't save money.
2: I do save money. Yeah, of but course. I also wish I didn't have to. <laughs> I wish I lived In a world where that wasn't literally. The definition of my value, that reduces yeah. our humanity. That some, removes something fundamental about There's valuable, truth to that. Humanity itself. There's by truth to that. The that. only way we can calculate your value is with a dollar sign.
0: You're not wrong, but that is not to say that thrift, by any standard, whether it's the hunter-gatherer trying to cash grain that they gathered in the wild for the winter, or whether it's somebody today trying to save their hard-earned money, uh, that is a, that is not necessarily something that's just going to instru- be instrumentalized. That's not just a tool of the man, so to speak. You know what I mean?
1: I mean, we can debate that. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. I bro, mean, I'm sorry. Uh,
2: what's you were, also, you you the were, fact that money is just this relative created concept that we could, you know... Yeah,
1: buy, but it's, uh, it's it, been used in humanity for thousands of years. Thousands. Literally thousands. Not th- in the same is, way
0: that we're doing it right now. This is that's, one of the... It, it's more sophisticated now. This is... One of the fundamental disagreements that people on opposite sides of the capitalism debate have.
1: One's very th- fun, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But We've crossed the
2: two-hour mark. We should be looking for an end point. Okay, but yes, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. Yes,
1: go, go, go. You're saying this is like fundamental sides that yes. we're taking here.
0: So in this, and let's transport ourselves back to mid-20th century Cold War type stuff, right? So in the debate that was going on then, there was this clear alternative to capitalism in communism, uh, in the Soviet Mm -hmm. Union, and in its satellites, right? To the capitalism of America and its satellites. And some of the most compelling arguments for capitalism during that time I'm not saying infallible. We can certainly argue against them. But they come from the conservative social theorists of the mid-20th century. I'm thinking specifically of Joseph Schumpeter. Uh, I don't know. I've never heard um, that name. You, you, would, you would love this book. He, um, his book, uh, what was it called? Um, Socialism and Democracy? Uh, Joseph Schumpeter. I'll, I, can, I can definitely uh, look it up for you later. Um, Milton Friedman yeah, is, is one sure. of those yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Friedrich Hayek is, uh, Hayek is another one. Um, so, one of Schumpeter's most compelling arguments, and indeed, the, the, the when you think of economists today, economists in in you know. Uh, in academic institutions today, these are people who are obsessed with quantitative models. Mm-hmm. These are people right. who are deep in the weeds of theoretical calculations. Totally. They're looking they, for databases and everything. They remove
1: sociology from economy.
0: Yeah, it's, or it's a, economics. It's a Which much more specialized a lot
2: like a economy. But
0: I, I <laughs> you you wouldn't completely be wrong. Anyway, I want to contrast them to these conservative social theorists of the of the mid twentieth century. These people were making a moral argument. Now we might agree with the moral argument, we might disagree with the moral argument, but it was yeah. it was, it a, was a, fundamentally for them an existential argument about the kind of society that we want to live in, and not coinci- a worthy
1: conversation.
0: Not coincidentally, Hayek and Schumpeter had been had you know they had experienced the Soviet system at first hand. Mm-hmm. They had experienced the system of centralized. Uh, Government planning of the capital economy. in the
1: hands of the state.
0: They had experienced this at first hand, and they had experienced its contradictions. They had experienced its its absurdities, and yes, they had experienced its injustices and oppressions. Right, and so that is not to say that one cannot say that no, there. Of course, there is injustice and uh, uh, and so forth on another side of the ledger. But their argument, and I think even if we disagree with it, it's a really, really important one that we that we actually examine closely, was that for all its faults, if we let the market, and I know that's a, that we can talk about how are we going to limit the market, ring fence the market, but if we can, you know, Anthony's saying it like decentralize that decision-making to the point where Okay, that's going to cause a lot of oppression and injustice as well. Mm-hmm. That's going to cause a lot of a lot of wackiness, and there are going to be winners and losers in that as well. But they argue that would be better than the alternative, which we have experienced at first hand. Now, um, so the whole point about money is like if you if you take their argument seriously, even if you don't agree with their argument, but if you take their argument seriously, it's like those prices that we talk about, like. There's all sorts of interesting social science experiments, right? In which, well, if you if you give someone uh, something for free versus you charge them X versus you charge them X plus Y, people are going to
1: respond in a different totally. way. You're going
0: to you're going to value something that you worked for far more than than, than something that you got for free. Even outside of money, even if you're and, just
1: bartering corn for chickens or whatever.
0: And so, yeah, we're kind of. In the Soviet system, what ended up happening was the black market, right? You 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 had this mm. black market where there were, informally, price points created by a market, right? And it created ex- in exactly the, the way that absolutely like, as a
1: function, even in a communist society, right? And so people have wants.
0: So yeah, I just I uh, I, I I just want to lay that there for for just that we don't need to agree with it. Like I I, I don't agree with everything, but that that trumpeter says. But as as I read him, I mean. He is—he's um, extremely compelling, and it's not just about them. It doesn't just stay confined to theoretical discussions about capitalism; it goes straight to the heart of, well, education in a society such as ours. Um, a friend of mine, going back to your point about Cuba, and 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 would your story be possible there? Um, when I was when I when I was living in Turkey, a friend of mine, we were, you know, I was living on a shoestring. I had been for many years. I had been working on a book that had not put bread on anyone's table. It was purely this labor of love, this thing that I was and remain committed to. And I was working on it, I'm Just and so I was living on a shoestring and doing it. And this friend of mine, this the, the, um, this, this woman who, got to, who we, got, we got to know each other very well, she said to me one day, she was like, well, you know, you're, you know, you're not with your family, you're away from your country. Um, she said... You know, and she she's much more on the left, right? And she said... She said, I think if you had been born in, in, in communist Russia... Interesting. You would have... You... You would have been recognized for this work. You you would have you would have been put in a position of you, you would have you would you would have There might she might have a value. point.
1: She, she might have a point.
0: Maybe, but I my immediate response and it's still my response all these years later, is that if I had been born in nineteen seventy four in Russia, um I wouldn't have ever gotten the chance to to I, I wouldn't have i I've had the freedom to, to what she was
1: saying you need to your needs would be taken care of so you can pursue your work. That's this what she true, was. But, that's but, what she was saying. whether not that. We're not that was true. I don't I, know. I don't
0: think so because I, I was. I was fulfilling these needs. I was. I. I, I was single. I no, was no, able c- to certainly, make certainly, enough money to no, live. One hundred percent. But that's what she my was energy saying. On something that was never going to put money in anybody's pocket. That's
1: what she was implying. That if you had been born into a communist society, you'd be free to pursue your life's passion and not have to worry about. Where, where am I gonna sleep? Where am I gonna that, I, I that's hear that's what you. she was saying.
0: I hear you and I, I heard her, but but the I, theory I'm, I'm is not so agreeing different. with that, I'm I, just I, I saying
1: it. I get it. That's what she was saying, right? I, I get what she was saying.
0: Okay Yeah, I, I think. I was I was deeply empathetic, but I but I told her, I said I said, if I had been if I had been born in in Russia in seventy-four, I never I would, totally would I never would have had the freedom to pursue these weird life choices that I had made. I wouldn't have been able to just move abroad on a whim. I wouldn't have been able to, you know, I would have been, you know, given a factory but, job. Okay, I would have, so if I, especially if I had majored as I did in engineering, like I wouldn't have been able to pivot out of that. And oh no, you're just gonna like
1: now. The state would never have supported me in that. So, 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 J. Matt would say that's not the kind of communism I'm talking about.
2: I'm not sure how reflective our understandings of communist China and Russia uh, are of reality. Given the more and more I, I I read about them, but I will admit I I, I know very little Soviet history and, and, and Chinese history, but I do think that there are stories out there about you know starving Russians in the street that are, that have been maybe uh, a little bit a little bit of yeah, propaganda. Yeah, um, but you know perhaps you're, perhaps maybe. you're right. Hunter.
0: but but like would you would you agree that? Like much of the Cold War on our side, was was hyped that 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 very quickly, maybe in the sixties and certainly by the seventies, it was very very clear, um, maybe maybe long before, that just our society had kind of. Won the geopolitical competition? That the know. Cold War, the whole like that. Uh, this is this is the subject of, of, of quite a lot of uh, you know that that people who knew both societies knew that this was you know that trying to motivate us to fight the Russian threat was kind of just a like that the Soviet Union was already a house of cards at that point, and and a lot of people knew it. I
2: don't
0: know that Reagan got that memo, but I no, I, I mean, would would. You know, serious thinkers have gotten the memo, I guess. It's, I, I, it's I don't more...
2: know. I, I recently, I did see, and I would actually need to look up where these came from, but I saw some, some polls clipped from like magazines and things of, of, of people interviewed in Czechoslovakia and Poland and mm-hmm. all these places. Is life better now under cap? This is after Default, yeah, so, yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is life better now under capitalism than it was under communism? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's something like I watched
1: something on Netflix about that actually. Huge
2: numbers saying no, but yep, I, I've I, heard that I, this is a limitation of my knowledge where I, I need to, to yeah, no.
1: I'll, I'll, well, yeah, that's like, not a result of capitalism failing, though. That's a result of what was stacked against them coming into that style of economics hmm. starting Maybe. point.
0: But it's, it I, I think it's important to point out. I think you were, Anthony, were pointing this out before, like. Um, you know, no society, no matter how rapidly theoretically free market, is ever a truly free market yeah, society. Yeah, we were talking about
1: that on the drive from St. Louis. Like, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: everybody, everybody's got some regulation. Everybody's yeah. got, and no society, certainly not China, no matter how proudly, theoretically Marxist and communist, uh, has no elements of a, of a market, you know, has no, no free market sure. elements. Sure. Like that. That there's there's a hybrid. It's it's on a spectrum. Right. It's
1: all it's all on a spectrum.
0: Exactly. And where that spectrum is and should be, it seems like reasonable people can debate and I, I hope, come to agreement on at some point, at some particular time, we can wisely regulate. Like that's just going to be. We're, we're either gonna wisely regulate or we're gonna not wisely regulate. It's not there, there's no sure. possibility of no regulation. Sure. 100%. No matter what the Ayn Randians 100%. of the world Hundred percent correct.
1: Um, Man, so yeah, it's, we, it's, we, we just we just we need just leadership. We need just We began leadership. in a liberal
2: position, we have ended in a liberal position. <laughs> <laughs> if only we wanted
1: Really good people take charge of everything.
2: And dole up to us the, the rights that we need and the money that we need. Oh. It'll all work out, and as oh. long as the big wigs are protected, everyone will be okay. We'll be satisfied with this matrix, this illusion of choice. That's mm-hmm. enough for the people, as long as. It, I, I,
1: unfortunately, it is. Just don't give them zero choices. I, don't give them. Don't give them. Hey, this is the only place have, you can shop. Don't give them that. If you give them two or three. Even though it's the same products.
0: Most of us have recognized J Mat's irony, but I just wanted to <laughs> signal it for the rest of us. <laughs> um,
1: I think that's a great place
2: uh, to stop. Yeah. Um, yeah. I to cease. Thank you. But uh, uh, we, we can easily pick this up. And, and Conversation. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing I've taken away from tonight is I have a lot more reading to do, a lot more, uh, a lot more thinking. So, I can defend my position better. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I thought you did a pretty good job. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. But uh, intellectual humility is important, and it's, it's conversations like this that it's, 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 yeah. yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank
1: you. Yeah, man, thanks for all. Thank you for all.